Welcome to You Hair Big Girls Attack on Titan podcast. I'm Mom Taku. And I'm Luna. And welcome to our 139 discussion. For this final chapter podcast, we're going to be doing things a little bit differently. Since this is the last chapter, we're going to try to make our discussion more interactive. So we're recording in front of an audience, and we'll be taking their comments and questions in the chat. And because multitasking is incredibly hard, we've asked our friend <laughs> Underscore to act as stage manager, and he'll be integrating your questions and comments into the conversation. Underscore, thank you so much for being with us. No problem. It's, it's, it's good to be helpful. And we've also asked, um, I think, our most frequent press guest, Puppet, to keep mm -hmm. an eye on the chat and to provide backup for Underscore. So we have some help. We're very grateful for that. And Puppet's also going to make our Quickfire interactive so everybody gets to play along. When Polka joins us for the Quickfire, uh, he'll be creating uh, straw polls for everybody to make their choice as well. So that was a really great suggestion from Puppet. I'm excited about that. Let's just kick it off the way we always do, and let's go with our chapter impressions. So, Luna, I know we read the chapter together. We actually read it on a live stream with Underscore and some of the other people in our Discord. So I saw your facial expression, and I heard your <laughs> words. But for those, for those who weren't so lucky, let's hear it. What were your chapter impressions? Okay, so to commemorate the manga ending, Mamtaku and I both made some t-shirts. Mine said, wrong manga. Her said, fake pregnancy. I think we can both donate those t-shirts straight to Goodwill. Because, um, you know, <laughs> right manga and real pregnancy, apparently. I have a lot of mixed feelings about the entire thing. I, 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 yeah, I think I messaged you the day after we did the read of the chapter and I was like, oh, I have so many feels right now. Like so many emotions. <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> and without, you know, minus the crying, that's kind of how I feel right now. Like a lot of good things, but also a lot of bad things. Yeah. Would I say there is some disappointment? Yes. But were there also things that I absolutely adored in this chapter? Also, yes. I will say, I, th I think you guys asked me last month what I wanted for this chapter. And it was Reiner surviving and the Titan curse ending. So based on that, you would think that I liked it. But uh, <laughs> I'm not quite happy with the execution. And I think that's an overarching theme for most of the people who've read the chapter, I think. So what about you? Was it Renan who put it the best, I think, that just it wasn't the content, it was the execution. And this was a really hard chapter for me. Like when I talk about it with people, I want to give a shout out to the Nasty Podcast because I was his guest this month, which was a blast. And, you know, going over the chapter and talking about the elements that happened, I, I liked most of them. Like, like thinking back over it, like you were saying, Luna, you get kind of emotional. I mean, there were lots of moments I can pinpoint that I just absolutely loved. But there's an equal number that just, ah, oh, I mean, I don't think I actually slammed my head into the desk when we were reading the chapter live, but there were a few times that I really wanted to. So <laughs> I like what Puppet said too. I think earlier today, Puppet said something like the intent. I think the intent was okay, but the execution was just not there. So I gave it a, on a scale from one to five, I gave it a really generous three. What did you give it, Luna? Um, I think I gave it a two out of five, but I, like, last month was a one out of five, but also one out of ten. 
I'd say mm. this one was more a four out of 10. Yeah, and I gave it a seven. I gave it a seven out of 10. Well, we liked it better. We liked it better than the poll. <laughs> <laughs> did, no, well, you did. I didn't. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Do you want to talk about the poll? The poll. The poll. Okay, so for how many years has the poll been a thing now? Three, four? Formally since chapter 91. We started in 86, but as a more formal thing. Yes. Okay. And the most we have ever gotten was around 2,000 entries. Now, last month it was already more, and this month we're like probably close to 16,000. Yeah. Think about that Ugh. for a minute. The The average was two to 3,000, usually 2,200. And yeah. um, 60, almost, would have, we'll, before we close, it'll be 16,000 this month. It's insane. So many people. And no, I know that people have been speculating that there were bots. I, I went through the entries. Doesn't seem like it. So no, people had a lot of thoughts they wanted to tell us in the rest of the fandom, apparently. But yeah, the poll rank. So our previous lowest rated chapters were 91, which was the shift to the Marley arc with all these new characters we didn't know. Uh, that had a 3.4 3. and the haha pie chapter 126 had an average of 3.5 now this chapter so far the poll hasn't closed but like with almost 16,000 votes I don't think it's going to change much the current score is 2.91 not even in passing score not not even above average I think it's a little unfortunate that that's our measure the the one to five rate the chapter because looking at the results it looks like those ones, a lot of them anyway, were knee-jerk reactions. Like people are just, they didn't like it. They gave it a one. But later on in the poll where we asked things like, how did it change your feelings about the series? Or how did this change how you view Aaron? When we asked very specific questions about the manga and, and you know specific points of this chapter that we heard complaints about, I thought that the reaction was much more balanced. You know, one third of the people felt this way, one third felt that way. It, it was definitely, I think, a really good poll for gauging what people liked and didn't like. The uh, part of the poll where we asked about specific plot points was interesting. We, we went through the chapter, I think Crunch did this, and Mikasa being the one to kill Aaron, her being the key, uh, Ymir loving King Fritz. We went through and kind of outlined the the beats of the story, the main the main topics. Almost every one of those was disliked more than liked. The only one that had a generally positive reaction was um, Mikasa uh, under the tree at the end. I think that's one part that people accepted, regardless of how they feel about Mikasa. That one was not quite as disliked as all the others. So. I've never been in a fandom before. I've never been through a series ending. I know you went through Game of Thrones and a lot of our listeners went through Tokyo Ghoul. How much of this is normal, do you think, where people just want stuff they don't get and they just get really angry? It depends on the series because I remember, well, I mean, Full Metal Alchemist ending, I don't remember an overall, <laughs> like, oh, this manga sucks now. <laughs> but I remember Naruto... I think that had the benefit of not ending on the, the final bad guy fight. That finished, and then it was like between the two friends slash protagonist antagonist. And it ended kind of like in theme with the series, fighting but friendship 
kind of thing. So yeah, the ending wasn't great, but it 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 kept in line with the overall vibe and message of the series. Plus, I also I will say the anime ending really made me cry because it was just the main character's wedding. There was nothing special about it per se, but it just it was like coming full circle and I I probably ugly cried at that even though it was you know at face value probably a mediocre episode at best. Yeah, Game of Thrones that was just that was that was a a long and steady decline and it it just got worse with every new episode which Maybe that's how people feel about this manga as well. Like it used to be really good, and at the end, not so much. I keep from the. Do you know the meme, the drawing of the horse, where you know oh, the right, first right, half right. of the horse is great, and then the other part of the horse is like drawn by a two-year-old. Yeah, I think a lot of people view it that way. I I'm a little more generous than that. But what's funny is that I, like, I almost feel guilty liking this chapter, and I do like it. I mean, I. I We'll get into the parts that we that I think the universal fandom has just kind of had freakouts about. I totally get it. And people who had a favorite character who was just, you know, totally ripped up and thrown in the garbage can, like, I get it. I mean, it's such a hard chapter. Yeah, I think looking at the chat, people are also saying, like, a Tokyo Ghoul was also going down the drain for a couple chapters. So, yeah, I think probably if, if people feel the series is already on a decline, then. I was thinking, though, like, I think the in the conversations that I've had with people, the, what, I, what I keep coming back to or what, what keeps coming up is all the plot threads that Isayama opened up that never went anywhere. And I think that that's, I think about, like, superhero comics. I, I don't read a lot of comic books anymore, but I did as a kid. And it's like, they get rebooted every decade or so, or canon gets reset, or because it's hard. I don't know. Isayama did not know when this series was ending for a very long time. And it it's like he set things up that he might want to use or that he thought he could use, you know, give himself little outs, little escape hatches, trap doors, whatever, to make the story interesting down the road. And then when the ending date was picked, he just, he couldn't wrap them up. I mean, that's, that's what I think happened. Mm, I think he set a goal for himself in mind like I'm going to end this at a certain chapter and I know I can get the main story I want to tell in in those couple of chapters but that doesn't give him a lot of time or space to kind of really elaborate on certain events or characters feelings or have certain events take a little bit more time than others it's just this needs to happen these are the main story beats, and this is basically all he had time for, I'm guessing. I don't think... Are you beating your table as you say that? <laughs> you like, thump, thump, thump. No, but I, I don't know if he was rushing it per se, but I do think he wanted to set himself a goal of, like, by then, I'm done with this. I think he is ready to move on. And I, I think, you know, with the time he gave himself, maybe this was all he could fit in. Like, he kind of crippled himself. Didn't he even say at one point that it was easy to write the action, but it was the emotions getting to the action that he couldn't always gauge? You know, he might think something takes two pages to cover, but the emotions of it for it to be believable takes more. And I think that's what's happened is a lot of the emotions got dropped because they take so much time. And even the in the what we read from the editor about how 
they weren't sure how many pages this was going to be. They had a few extra pages to work with. And it must have been like fitting a puzzle piece together. Like you have all these important puzzle pieces that you want to use. And well, this one's going to take three panels. I don't have three panels. I only have one panel. Well, this one will take one panel. Kind of feels like some of that happened where trying to make everything fit so that it would be in the Tonkaban and in um, Basatsa Shonen correctly. I, like I, he had to have wanted to do more with Historia. There's no way this was all he was going to do, but that would have taken too much. I mean, that's what I want to think, but I'm not sure if he wanted to do more. Maybe I feel like he's he, he's ready to move on at least from this. That's that's the overall impression I got from interviews he's been doing the past two years or so, and which is fine. He's been doing this for over a decade without a break, basically. Like I I would want to move on to probably if I were him it's just I'm also okay if like people are like burning out or like losing interest to just step away from it maybe come back later but I guess he just wanted to finalize it yeah I hear a lot of people say that they would have preferred him take a break than do what he did I wonder like in reality what that would have been like though for the series just to go on hiatus for a year I can't imagine I mean, I, I'm i familiar with series that got, have gone on hiatus for like a couple of years on end, so. What happens to the fandom? Do they just take a break? Do they all come back again at the end? I remember the break from like season one to season two. It, we mm. lost so much of the fandom. It just lasted too long. People lost interest. Yeah, that's true. I think it depends on how good the new material is because you also, you also gain new fans over the years, right? Like, I wasn't there in 2013 yet. I hadn't even heard of the series back then. So I'm sure people dropped off, but more people found out about Attack on Titans, as with other series, I guess. But, like, for Berserk, I think there's just, like, a big wave of attention when a new chapter drops. But, like, in between, not so much. It's kind of more quiet. Not much going on in the fandom, I'm guessing. Maybe that's what our fandom will be like until the final season part two drops sometime this winter. Yes. Yeah, at least we have that to look forward to. You know, like it's ending. We've got a little bit of retrospective stuff to do. And we got the anime to look forward to. All right. Well, let's get into it then. So the chapter kicks off with Kid Aaron and Armin having a walk and talk while they age. And I think I think both of us expected that this would be an Armin-centric chapter since last month was Mikasa. This one would be Armin. Mm-hmm. And I think we both expected it to be in paths. But I wasn't expecting like half the chapter to be devoted to this by any stretch. I don't know. What did you think? Uh, no, I didn't necessarily expect this. <laughs> like Did you like it? Like, I mean, part of me does, but then I, I like the idea of it, but then I look at what is being said, like the actual text, and I'm like, I'm not so sure. <laughs> but yeah, them having as kids and like seeing all the things that they wanted to as kids and kind of living their dream in paths and having a heart to heart is in, in in concept a good thing. There's just text-wise, there's some weird stuff in there that doesn't make a lot of sense. I wondered if like the specific ages that we saw, if they were significant, like it's Kid Armin 
you know, when they're looking at the flaming water and then goes on to like just pre-time skip Armin to talk about Mikasa and then finally ends up with Soldier Armin to talk about, uh, no, it was Soldier Armin when he talks about Mikasa. And I didn't know if that was significant or not, but I did think it was interesting to kind of look at what the conversation was while they were at those specific ages. And I really, I mean, this is something I liked. Like I really enjoyed that Armin got to do everything he wanted to do, probably because I like Armin so much as a character. But I think this was the start of like the overarching theme of let's be really nice to Aaron too, which I'm sure some people were happy about. But yeah, it was um, a lot of missteps for a lot of people, the way some of this went down. I mean, this was still at the point where they were going to kill Aaron. Like they knew they had to stop him. And he's like, well... And then, of course, you know, afterwards, after, you know, everyone has turned back from being a titan. Yeah, that that whole, um, Aaron, you were such a great guy. Oh, no, why did you become such a suicidal bastard? You poor thing. And I'm like, yeah, I, it doesn't quite fit with the, hey, 80% of the world has just been killed. What a great guy you are. Awesome. <laughs> I thought what we could do is look at those reveals because that conversation is where we got all of the reveals. And I made a list of the things that were revealed. And like I said, when we started this, most of them were disliked. And I guess I would like to know what you thought about them. So, you know, the first reveal was that OG Ymir loved Carl Fritz. How did you feel about that one? Awesome. Couldn't (laughs) have been better. No, really. Come on. I mean... Yeah, it's, um, listen, I understand the whole concept of Stockholm Syndrome and, but there was nothing nice or redeemable or anything about this guy. And he, like, he burned her village, murdered her parents, ripped her tongue out, used her as a breeding machine, basically raped her. And then when she sacrificed his life for him, she was still, he was still like an asshole about it, like. There, there's nothing that we have seen from him that makes me think there's anything to love about him. I don't know that in Stockholm type situations there ever is anything to love in those persons. But I feel like you in Stockholm syndrome, you kind of see a different side to that person, right? Like not only the bad, like every person has a good and a bad side, but with Stockholm syndrome, you kind of start to sympathize with the good side more. I don't think we ever got that good side for the OG Carl Fritz. I think for me, I would have rather it not be that she loved him, but that she was enslaved by him, just because I think it's a little bit tacky to like drop in something like this and not dwell on it. Like this, you just don't just, you just don't drop that as two panels and then turn your attention to something else. Like I, I think that if it's that kind of a situation, that it deserves a little more sensitivity. And I don't know that Isayama has the skills for that or had the interest in that or had the time for that. And so it just came off really distasteful just to drop that in there. And then it left the fandom kind of spinning around trying to, once we found out the next reveal, which was that Mikasa was the key, how it connected. And those lines weren't drawn very well either, why Mikasa was the key. Okay. So I have some thoughts on that, but I think it made more more sense if she just was like 
we knew she craved love, right? She didn't have anyone. Her parents were gone. She, we saw her uh, looking longingly at that kissing couple that in 122. So we knew she longed for love. I can understand that Fritz was probably the closest thing to it, but like, maybe that's like the only connection she had. But then I think, what about her children? Like, I'm sure she loved them. Well, and it may be that he loved the children. Like when we have seen him with those kids, he seemed to take care of them. He, uh, okay. I mean, who knows? He forced them to eat their mother. Like, well, he did. <laughs> I mean, and we see him like in that one panel where like Aaron says that she loved him. Like we see him with his whole harem, like adoring yeah, him, not yeah. paying any attention to her and her looking at the baby, like all forlorn. And I'm like, what about this cream's love? <laughs> Nothing. I mean, it was supposed to be presented as something horrific. Aaron's face when he says it, Armin's face when he realizes. I mean, this was presented as a very bad thing. All capitals, all capitalized words there. This was not a good thing. This was a very bad thing. It's just, it didn't get the attention that, you know, very bad things deserve. But it, that's like the first of many things in this chapter that didn't get the yeah. attention that very bad things <laughs> deserve. It just wasn't framed as a very bad thing. It was framed as a statement of fact. <laughs> I will just say that the the parallel with Mikasa is more, I think that Emir saw someone else that had a very strong connection to someone and could never wish harm on them, but also realized that their actions were wrong and cruel, which I'm sure OG Amir also saw about Carl Fritz, but she couldn't bring herself to stop. She had no ability to draw lines. Mikasa did. Yeah, Mikasa could look at her feelings for Aaron, but also what is right, the right thing to do, and chose the right thing to do. Well, Ymir felt so strongly tied to Carl Fritz that she couldn't. So when she saw someone who had, who she felt had such a strong tie to another person but could do that, I'm, I'm guessing that's why Ymir chose Mikasa? I also think, and again, it was never touched on, but I have to think that it was involved mm -hmm. Ackerman power. Like, okay, Mikasa also had a very traumatic childhood event where her parents were murdered in front of her eyes. We've got two kids, Oji Ymir and Mikasa, orphaned at a very young age under horrific circumstances, Aaron bludgeoning the people who were attacking her. As the manga went on, that was framed more and more negatively, or Mikasa started to see it differently, not as a pure salvation, but also the fact that, you know, maybe her boyfriend's a little crazy as well, you know, and she was able to kind of take that information, process it, and get a better picture of who Aaron was. So, you know, I don't want to say that there were no similarities, but they, Mikasa also had a lot of people on Titan Folk have called her slave Casa forever because of that slave like devotion to Aaron. But she was able to see him more accurately and make the determination there. And not only that, but that Ackerman power, she had the ability to kill him, not just the will to do it, but the physical ability. And I think I, it wasn't mentioned, but I would like to think that when OG Ymir was in Paz land looking for escape and, you know, scanning the Eldians of the world, she saw this couple of children and recognized the Ackerman as being, you know, that their relationship was one of devotion but that the Ackerman would be the one to do the killing. I don't know. 
I feel like a lot of this chapter was like reading it and then inserting 4,000 pages yeah. of narrative to try to figure out what it was all about. I mean, like she could have made sure that like a non-royal inherited the founding titan and then have someone else kill them, right? I mean, it could have gone to an Eldian baby. Allegedly, but I don't think anybody but an Ackerman, nobody but an Ackerman could have killed a baby, the Titan, a Titan baby. Okay. Here's how <laughs> I, wait a minute, Luna. How I see this is that a situation had to happen where the centipede got separated from founder Titan. Aaron had to create a situation where that centipede, that parasite was outside of the founding Titan body and the founding Titan had to die at that moment so that that parasite could not continue. That centipede, that parasite had not been outside of its host in 2000 years. So somebody like Aaron in a situation like this, who is a tremendous, uh, I've always given Aaron a lot of credit for like his battle skills and his ability to fight. Like, I feel like he kind of came up with the scenario to separate those two, and then okay, Mikasa. but do we even so really if know if it was a baby? We don't, we don't. But if what, it was what a baby, what would the centipede to like flung out of Aaron? Well, we saw what happened. It was exploding the nape. I think Aaron just had to trust that his group of friends was going to try to stop him, and that somehow in the stop him would be getting that centipede, that parasite separate from his body and that they would do the right. I think, I mean, that's how I read it. They would do the right thing and kill him. He had to create a situation that would make it bad enough that this series of events would happen. And then it would be up to Mikasa to make the kill and to stop the Titan curse. Because Emir's goals were not genocide. Emir's goal was end the Titan curse. Aaron's goal was end the Titan curse. Genocide is the way he chose to do it. But again, we can read this a thousand different ways because (laughs) who knows? It's not spelled out. Yeah, because the funny thing is Aaron was still able to transform in this uh, colossal titan, right? After the the worm, Halu-chan was expelled from him. I don't have any issue with that, though, because he was still a titan shifter, just like Reiner and everyone else was a titan shifter. It was just that parasite. I think Gabby called it the source of the titan powers. Like Gabby became Armin for a brief moment and identified what it was and that it needed to be out of the body and don't let it back in. So I guess the hints are there. Okay. You have you are doing a better job rationalizing all this mess than I am. I have rationalized every bit of this. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, I take that back because one thing I have not rational, rationalized is the Bert reveal. And I'm curious, how did you take that? Because we got that famous dot, 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 where we get to fill in the holes. Was Aaron the one that changed the course of events that killed his mom? Or is he just aware that OG Ymir, that the steps that he would take would involve that? I mean, the look of horror on Armin's face applies, implies to me very heavily that it was Aaron who did that, not Emir. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, Aaron knew that Armin had to inherit the Colossus, so it wasn't Bertolt's time to die. But did he make her change directions? Yes. Specifically towards his mom? Maybe? I'm not sure. I mean, he said, made her go that way. I feel like the it's strongly implied again that he sent Dinah 
to eat Carla? I don't know that it's strongly implied that he sent her to eat Carla. I feel like it might have been an unintended consequence, but who I knows? Mean, because it was spelled out. Why would he send her that way, not a different way? I mean, why the only way to go in was towards the people, so he had to go in. Yeah, but I don't know. Specifically towards like the house, mm. like Aaron's house. Like, come on, look at look at the panel. <laughs> We did ask this on the poll, and 41% agree with you that he did whatever it took to follow the path before him. And only 23% agree with me that it was an unforeseen consequence. And then um, 35% that he has mashed potatoes for brains at this point, (laughs) so who knows? I think that was my initial reaction as well. But now, reading it again, I'm like, nah, he did it. (laughs) Mm. He killed his mom. It all started with him. It will be so fun to watch the anime again from season one and see like Aaron cry about his mom dying and be like, what are you crying about? This is all your fault. This is what you wanted. Oh, it's not that simple. <laughs> I mean, it's... I know, I know, I know. But yeah. So the next reveal was a reveal that I think was most widely panned. I'm going to say more for how it was presented than the actual content that Aaron loved Mikasa. And I want you just to go ahead and say it. Say right manga because Mm -hmm. did I not last Mm -hmm. month? Mm -hmm. Did I not? Did I not dig my heels in and call it a reciprocal relationship? And everyone told me I was crazy that it was her delusion. No, not everyone. I, I think James was pretty on board. James, with- <laughs> James was on my side. Thank goodness. But I know in our, well, in, in our podcast last month, Aluola was on my side, but you and Sephora pretty definitely thought that it was Mikasa's delusion. Um, Sephora had mentioned that she never saw their relationship as romantic at all on his side. And I mean, I guess I can see it both ways. I, I didn't see it as romantic until 123. At that point, I was like, oh, wait a minute. This is this is an Aramika endgame. I mean, I mean, it's a shonen, so it was always going to be endgame. It's just, it wasn't developed very well because all we got from Aaron was a stare that could potentially, yeah, could always be interpreted in two different ways, in my opinion. So to have him break down as like the ultimate beta incel, this chapter and be like, no, I don't want to be with someone else. That I was not expecting. Like I was expecting a confession, but the way Asayama did it, I don't know. Do you think he was trying to be funny? Is it possible he was trying uh, yeah, to be funny? I think, I think this is part of his, uh, his humor. Mm. His dark humor that he likes so much. <laughs> so it's, it's endgame and he left her all this time and he never said a word and it was never properly developed as a relationship. I don't consider it as a love story. Come for me, James. I don't care. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. <laughs> at like I know Shonen's aren't really good at romance, but this was probably the worst I've ever seen. I'm not saying it's the worst out there, just the worst that I've ever seen. Wow. Those are big words. I am standing by them. I said what I said. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's take a step just a step back for a minute. Underscore said that there's a question in the chat regarding Aaron killing his mom. So, Underscore, are you there? 
I am here. We have two questions now regarding Aaron killing his mom. Oh, good. And you can help us answer them. Uh, they are from Rikia. Uh, why do you think it was important for Isayama to have Aaron be responsible for killing his mom, indirectly or directly? And Saturni asked a very similar question. Do you think the Smiling Titan situation was necessary in the end? You want to go first, Luna? So Aaron killed his mom. We'll, we'll leave it in the middle, whether he intended to or not, and if it was necessary. For the for the end result, I don't think so, but I think to show what lengths Aaron would go through to achieve this outcome, I think it was necessary that he would even sacrifice his own mother. But not his friends. But not his friends. <laughs> <laughs> Not his waifu. <laughs> but yeah, his mom, fucker. I mean, he only get, she only gave him life. Fucker. But Mikasa, Mikasa has to live. And Armin, and Reiner, and Ani. And Peek, because, well. I, um, okay. So Sephora was our <laughs> guest. Sephora was our guest for the chapter where we talked about this. And she was a huge Aaron optimist. Sephora was somebody who, uh, I think she liked this chapter a lot. Like she had given a lot of thought to his motivations. She she kind of predicted this sort of Lelouch thing that happened, that he would be willing to rumble a hugely significant portion of the world to establish good things for his friends. And I remember asking her when we saw that little thumbnail of Dinah, do you think Aaron killed his mom? And even she said, yes, I think he would. She, you know, he killed, he's rumbling the world. What is what is one more person? You know, to sh again, like you said, Lona, to show the depths of his devotion to his cause, his cause being and the Titan curse. Mm -hmm. Did his mom have to die for him to end the Titan curse? Would he sacrifice his mom to end the Titan curse? It's not unreasonable to think yes. Now, was it necessary? No. To me, this was like a last-minute pain amplifier that doesn't really <laughs> accomplish anything. There's absolutely no reason. And and it makes it hard to justify. Like, I, I get that Aaron, the past, the present, the future are all one to him, but I don't know that the mechanics of the world were well explained enough to allow for him to be the person to control that. Mm. So I, I, to me, it was unnecessary complication. And just a pain amplifier, just to make it that much worse. So since you're with us, Underscore, what do you think? It, it, it wasn't really a mystery. I focused a lot upon the memory shard mystery. But, you know, it's, it's nice to have it answered. So you think it could have been three panels used for other things than establishing that the little <laughs> thumbnail of Dinah was that Aaron yeah, was yeah, the killer I, of his mother? It, it's, it's a mystery that would work without being answered, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it was speculated for a long time that he did, you know, cause his mom to die. But when I look at the list of questions I would have liked answered, that's not a top five. No. <laughs> no, I think, like I said, it's just to show his determination to go through with this plan. Does it make a lot of sense? Probably not. But so do many other things. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. 
<laughs> so the next thing this chapter revealed, as promised, was the final panel. And I think on, I didn't look it up. I wish I had. Of, on our last chapter poll, we did ask what people thought the final panel would be. And Grisha holding Aaron was one of the top answers. So while some people were disappointed, a lot of people, yeah, I would say 30% of the fandom kind of called it. I did see complaints that it wasn't like the last panel of the manga, like it wasn't placed at the very end. And I was reading on Twitter that editor Kuhn commented on that. He said that, you know, as they're arranging a chapter, it's not always, you know, it's, you can't always place things exactly where you think they're going to be, that it needed to be at that moment. I think I was expecting it to be more of like a time reset thing or whatever, not just more emphasis that Aaron Yeager was born this way. So I was surprised in that regard, but not surprised who it was. What about you? I mean, yeah, it it made sense. It's always looked like Grisha holding Aaron. So, in, and am I surprised it's not the final, final panel? No, because I mean, I understand him changing his mind and ending the series on a different note. But the the implication of this panel, the <laughs> you know, the yeah, <laughs> you're free. So why did you want to, you know? genocide the entire world well actually armin i don't know i just had to because i'm free to make that choice myself whether i want to genocide or not huh see again i think it's a good idea terrible execution (laughs) i think the you are free I don't think, again, I think the intent was good. The execution was terrible. I think it was to speak to the fact that Aaron's whole shtick growing up was to kill all the Titans and to, you know, stop the cage that they were living in. And so, you know, I think it was to emphasize that he was born this way. I don't know. I'll tell you what's funny is on the chapter poll, we spent hours together trying to get this chapter poll right. Guess what question we didn't ask? We didn't ask what you think of the final panel. So I have no (laughs) way of gauging what the fandom thought about that. See, this is what you get without me there. I know. We try. We try. (laughs) No, in all seriousness, I, I mean, maybe people put it in the write-ins. There's going to be a lot of write-ins though this month. I know. Okay, so last month we had 4,000-some answers. And the write-in document, I think, Cloudy would know for sure, was 366 pages long. So we on the poll team, not me because I – I mean, I did a little bit. Cloudy did the heavy lifting here. Had to go through 366 pages of write-ins. And that didn't include the one-word answer. That only included the actual write-ins. So with 15,000 responses, let's do the math. Wait, Luna, I'm going to do math for you one last time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good luck. (laughs) If it was 366 pages with 4,000, that means for 15,000, it's going to be at least three to four times that number. So we could end up with a 1,200-page comments document to go through. I see Cloudy in the chat screaming no. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They're all crying, the the poll team. (laughs) Anybody would like to join the poll team, please message me. I think I'm going to... 
as soon as the the chapter the poll closes i'm gonna leave the poll server again i'm like nope (laughs) good luck yeah exactly (laughs) escape at least we don't have a deadline this time that's true we we can take our time with it and of course crunch the last several months Crunchwrap has been taking all the write-ins and formatting them into a PDF file and putting it on the web. And uh, I don't envy him for that. Uh, so. Okay, final thoughts though on this this whole page, like Aaron saying, like he doesn't know why. I, it's very unsatisfying. I mean, it, it felt to me like this was so. We're, so the big thing that this revealed is Aaron's entire plan. And to me, it felt like a choose your own ending type of thing with his plan. Like his plan involved a little bit of loosh, a lot of bit of genocide. I would have done it anyway. I don't know why I did it. Like it was just such a a big convoluted mess of reasons. And then to get, I don't know, and my head is just really messed up. I don't... Maybe maybe some people will like it. Maybe I will like this someday because I do think trying to understand Aaron Yeager would require like twisting my body into ways that it does not bend. So mm. maybe he had to be vague on it, but it just I felt mean, really unsatisfying to me. If Aaron Yeager doesn't understand Aaron Yeager, how are we supposed to? <laughs> exactly. And I remember in previous conversations that we've had – you know, we'd kind of throw our hands up and say, I don't know, maybe he's just not right in the head. And turns out, yeah, well, that's it. And I don't know how satisfying that is. I wish I could ask Puppet because I thought he had a really good interpretation of what Aaron meant by saying this. We have two questions in the chat regarding Aaron's mindset. And we also have Link Spooky. I think Link is here. Why don't we go ahead and invite them into Zencaster? where we're doing our primary recording of this, let's send an invite Mm -hmm. to Link Spooky and Pop It. Mm -hmm. And then we'll have underscore read those questions and we can discuss that for a few minutes. What do you think about that? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, before we begin though, Link, I wanted you on because we got a comment on Paris, uh, which is lovely. Paris, I really wish you could have been here with us. You're somebody whose name I love saying. I appreciate all your comments. But he also specifically said, he said, I can't recall the name of the guest that compared Aaron Yeager to Shinji Ikari, but reading the <laughs> final chapter and really the final arc since 119 reminded me so much of Evangelion. For me, the two series are oh, yeah, intri- intrinsically linked. And I remember you saying that basically everything is either an Evangelion reference or what was the other one? An Evangelion reference or, oh, shoot, now I don't remember. Or a Godzilla reference. <laughs> Probably Godzilla. I I can remember Fire Lord Sika being really excited about that. All right. Well, I think we've got everything working. So, Underscore, why don't you um, go ahead and read the questions? Yeah. uh, The questions. I have to get my documents here. It's regarding Aaron's mindsets. And its first one is from Vital. Uh, Were you frustrated with who exactly was in control between Aaron and Ymir? Was it a team effort? Was there a lead and a follow re- followship uh, follow relationship going on? Do you guys think the final chapter makes it clear who really was in control? But yeah, Link, your thoughts. Uh, <laughs> me, oh, the, the the torch is being passed to me. Well, okay. Well, 
if Aaron was being controlled by a mirror is probably the least interesting question to me, but I will try <laughs> to answer it anyway. I think the only way this makes sense is if Aaron is fully in control of his actions, because that's the way he can be held accountable for his actions. Because if there's anything influencing him that uh, that diminishes the purpose of the story, which I see it is like, why would Aaron make the uh, choice to destroy the world? And of course, like, I guess if I see it that way and the answer was, I don't know, then uh, the story might not have accomplished that. But um, I think the best version of the story is Aaron was using Amir the same way. I mean, that's what was set up, right? Aaron was using Amir the same way that uh, the king was. And, like, he couldn't free her because he was making use of her, too. And Mikasa was the only one who could because... <laughs> there are some things I could explain very well, but <laughs> not that question. You Sorry. haven't snipped enough copium to make sense of it all. It's okay. <laughs> copium. Uh, I mean, I just, I don't think, I think Aaron was fully in control the entire time and that's what he wanted to happen. What about you, Puppet? My read for the I don't know is that supposed to be that he doesn't know why he has the like will and urge to go on for freedom. So, and then the, we get the you're free final panel flashback. So I think it's supposed to be saying he's free to do what he wants and he ended up choosing the rumbling. But the writing is so bad that you can easily get determinism or that he gave him the fate out of that when it's supposed to be about the opposite freedom. I think the idea works, but it's just presented so poorly you can get freedom or determinism out of it. Yeah, I saw it too as the answer of um, that it wasn't, he doesn't know why he was born wanting freedom the way he did and with that fire in his soul like that's what he didn't know he was born with not necessarily you know why it led to world genocide can i can i weigh on in on that because i actually have something yeah, to say ahead. that i mean i think the fact that he goes i don't know why i want freedom is supposed to be like the signal to the audience that freedom uh aaron's Bullshit about freedom is, you know, in fact, bullshit. Like, rhetoric is rhetoric and therefore empty. Like, what is freedom? My very complicated take. But the, um, my, well, the thing is, Aaron is doing the opposite of what Grisha told him to do, which is, Aaron was like, I was born into the world for this specific purpose to follow this predestined path ahead of me, and I had no choice but to end the world. And while he's saying that, Krisha says the opposite, which is, Arid was free, therefore he could have become whatever he wanted to do. Which therefore means that Aaron wasn't predestined to do all the things he didn't do. He just subscribed to predestination because, you know, that made him feel special. <laughs> and, you know, that reminds me of the 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 Grisha Jaeger and the the Magrath chapter no not Magrath the other guy uh the Shadis the, the Shadis the Chadis yeah Shadis <laughs> sorry like like who ended up who ended up helping Aaron more Grisha who you know forced the attack titan on him and forced him into this position or like Shadis who was just kind of a normal guy <laughs> and like I mean I think part of this 
themes of the series is does Aaron want to be like a normal person capable of loving someone and having a normal life or does he want to be Mr. Special I my choice saves the whole world but also dooms it because I am Lelouch Titan and which guy. do you think he wants to be I the most specialist baby in the <laughs> whole world like I like Aaron wasn't born that way Aaron's just like a brat and you love him. I think you need to go ahead and let's, let's, he's your favorite. He, or he was at the time of our recording, you mentioned he was one of your favorite characters of all time. I think, am I missed? Yeah, he is. He's still my favorite. I thought the landing was fine. I thought the air, that's what Aaron would do. Okay. So here's the thing. Here's the thing <laughs> with me. I thought Aaron was always going to end up at that point when, when asked what he was going to do, he was just going to make up a bunch of bullshit because Aaron himself doesn't know. Aaron just wants to do the special thing. Aaron doesn't want to be Aaron. Aaron wants to be Godzilla. And like, okay, I'm going to circle back around. So you asked me why Amir, if people asked if Amir was in control and uh, relating that to Evangelion. So in the third rebuild movie, which is spoilers, but the movie came out in like 2015. So I don't care. Third rebuild movie Shinji basically ends the world on accident and, like, kills 90% of the population, which is what I think the 80% of the population thing comes from, from Evangelion. <laughs> but anyway, he gets in the giant robot, and the point is, the entire movie is about Shinji avoiding the guilt for doing this thing, because he's like, well, I didn't, I didn't mean to do it, I didn't know that would happen, but also, like, when he was getting in the robot... What he yelled was, I don't care if everyone else dies. I just want to save this, this one person. Uh, everything is an Evangelion reference then. What? <laughs> everyone dies and he gets to save Ray. And then the next movie is literally about like, okay, well, everyone's dead now, Shinji. And you got what you wanted. And Shinji's like, no, I didn't want that. What are you talking about? And he just avoids responsibility for one whole movie. So what Aaron is doing in 139 in my reading is like, what are you talking about? I was, I didn't want to kill everyone. That's, I'm not a bad person. Uh, it comes up with seven different well, reasons. Well, at least Aaron takes accountability then. He's better than Shinji in that Yeah, sense. it's true. Aaron at least dies. <laughs> <laughs> that's my, that's my final statement on the series is at least they killed that bitch Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite, but also that bitch Aaron. <laughs> That was my um one ending requirement for the series is I want that bitch Aaron to die. And that was what I got. <laughs> Everything else is just details. Okay, I'll stop okay. talking now. I'm sorry. <laughs> was there another question underscore? Yes, there was one related to uh, from Commandant. Did Aaron mean that he was quote unquote slaved to the future he saw and that Ymir had planned that it's linear quote unquote timeline when he said Quote, my head is all messed up. Ymir made it so there is no past or future. End quote. Wait the first part of that again. I just want to make sure. Did Aaron mean he was slave to the future he saw? Aye, that's... I don't know. Puppet, did you want to start with this one? <laughs> yeah, I think that's really up for debate whether he actually was. But like Link's book, you were saying, he certainly chose to be at the very least. Like Mikasa's vision, you know, is that canon ultimate reality? Is that what actually could have happened? I think is the main place where that discussion would center. 
but I, yeah, I think he chose to be whether he needed to be or not. Okay. So if he was a slave, he chose to be. I was thinking about something Soul said, that Aaron having free will was just, that it was the foundation of every theory we ever thought that Aaron was free. And did this chapter undo that? I would like to say no, that he had a choice. But like Puppet was saying, I don't know that I could prove that aside from just, I want it to be that way. Well, didn't Saul himself say that, you know, Isayama watched that watched all of his videos on Aaron and decided to do the exact opposite. Apparently, that's what Saul so, thinks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we we have it we have an audio recording of that. So <laughs> we have receipts. But what what would I say on this? I don't think he was a slave to the future. I think he made up his mind on what he wanted to do. I just I think everything did get muddled like because he could travel to the past and influence things and then also, you know, you could see what would happen in the future. I think it's also hard to keep track of everything if, like, time kind of it gets squashed together into one big mess. Um, so I think maybe he, yeah, like you said, like he, he got scrambled eggs for brains at the end, but I, I don't I don't feel like he was a slave. Like like I said, this was a choice that he made. I feel like maybe he he was destined maybe to or chosen by Emir to end the Titan curse because Emir chose her him and uh, Mikasa. But other than that, I think he chose how to go about it. Like this was all his own choice. That's my opinion. Yeah. I I saw Link Spooky raise her hand, so I think she has something to say. Well, I and I would like to hear because Link Spooky is somebody she's been a meta writer on Tumblr for years. Somebody I have enjoyed, whose meta I have enjoyed reading, and there has been no one thirty nine meta at all that I've seen. Cough cough. I just did finished you? writing it. <laughs> I did it all morning, so I'd have okay. stuff to say. Well, for this. I would like you know we'll, we will give you the floor for about four minutes. Four minutes? Okay. Okay. Time me. Time me. And c- tell me to shut up if I go too long. <laughs> <laughs> but I would mostly just like to know how you felt about the ending. Did it end the way you expected it to? Were you satisfied? Just kind of like that sort of thing. But I, but you can completely disregard that and go in any direction you want. I think it's very dissatisfying for like the world it built around. Because, like you said, it just time skips to when they're apparently in peace talks again. And that just wouldn't happen if 90% of humanity got destroyed. But, like, I never actually read Attack on Titan because of the political conflicts shown in the series. Like, every time you guys said that, um, said that, like, the the rumbling was dumb and it, it's weird that they skipped straight to the war and we didn't get to see any of the diplomacy. I was like, yeah, but... I didn't think Isayama would ever show it because he's not good at writing it in a compelling way. But um, I think if you see Attack on Titan as... Okay, well, to connect it back to Evangelion again. Evangelion, the world building, the giant robots, the angels, it actually doesn't fucking matter. Like, they go into it a little bit, but the world building is inconsistent and doesn't matter because we're seeing it through the eyes of, like, a 15-year-old boy who just does not care. He is 15, and he doesn't care about the politics of the world or the secret organization that's trying to destroy the world, or, like, uh, the UN and the giant robots and whether nuclear missiles are used 
okay to be used against Age. He just doesn't care. And so if Aaron is Shinji and Aaron is also a 15-year-old boy who just does not care about the greater implications of the world and his actions, it makes sense that we don't see like what happens to the world after this and we only see like we follow Aaron's story from beginning to end. And I mean, that's also, like, it kind of makes sense the story cuts off at this point. Like, because last chapter it said, to the boy who sought freedom, goodbye. So, like, Aaron's dying now. So the story he sees is, like, suddenly cut off. So I, I think I'm with Montaku where I've had enough copium to think the ideas behind it make sense. If you read it as, like, uh, Bill Dung's Roman, which where it's about Aaron growing up, or rather Aaron completely failing to grow up, which is why we see him at the end make the choice which destroys the world. It works that way, and I think it also works emotionally, because people- I saw, like, a million people criticizing, like, the choice to go with Aramika for the ending, and how it was, like, suddenly changing the focus to Aramika at the last place, but, like, that's been there I since mean, the beginning. The story- <laughs> It's been there since the beginning. Oh, uh, yeah, that's one thing it's I'll right. agree on. And I, okay, can I just mention one thing? Like, we were trashed on 4chan, trashed for thinking, you know, Aaron Hisu was, like, bullshit. And they call this, like, delusional old fans who were out of touch, uh, all sorts of, like, misogynistic things. And I hope 4chan is listening now. They're probably not. But if you are, ha, ha. <laughs> Let's not let's not antagonize them, please. Well, it's over. It's done. They don't have anything. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, it's like if it it's written as the fact that they could never get together. So the whole story is explaining why they didn't get together. So it makes sense that one, they don't get together. Two, Aaron at le just doesn't talk about his relationship with Mikasa or do anything at all because he's you know a fifteen year old boy and therefore can't talk about his feelings. So, like, I, I think all of these ideas were set up by the beginning, and we got to the end of the Aaron fails to grow up story, and Aaron dies at the end, and he fails to grow up, and he actively made the world a worse place because he didn't mature and see the conflict for what it was. He only ever saw the world through his own eyes, which is funny because they gave him omniscience, I guess. But So I think it works beginning to end as Aaron's story especially about the story about how Aaron sucks really badly <laughs> and the reasons why he suck are varied and complicated. <laughs> but yeah, as a story of a greater world, I don't think it works as well. Because like you said, everything interesting they introduced about Marley, everything interesting about Rainer's character, Jean's character, even like Armin, they cut off in the end. So I think they only nailed Aaron and Mikasa sort of hard, and even with Aaron being nailed pretty- even with- I think it's pretty subtextually there that Aaron's just like a child throwing a temper tantrum trying to destroy the world. Even if I think it's there, you- it- the- the framing for him loosens for like no reason at all, because up to this point it's like, Aaron, you're being a horrible monster. Nobody wants you to do this. Stop. And then suddenly becomes, oh, thanks for destroying everything, Aaron. I'm like, what? <laughs> you guys, you guys were calling him a monster. Like, 131, the chapter that I was on, they were calling him, 
they were like, everyone was calling for him to stop. And everyone was like, you don't do this. And they knew that he was doing it for them. And they, he didn't want... I, here's my thing in 139. I don't get, get why the revelation that he was doing it for them was suddenly a revelation. Because literally, he said when he was that he was exterminating everybody outside the islands right. for his friends. So I don't get how that was a change. Like, you guys knew that from the beginning. Why would you suddenly change your mind? So that doesn't work. The lightning on framing, Aaron's framing doesn't work. But I think Mikasa's thing works all the way through. And that's like the... if So if you build the themes of the series on Aaron and Mikasa and how Mikasa grew up and killed Aaron how, and how Aaron didn't grow up and he died... That narrative is solid, and everything else is just kind of falls mm. to the wayside. Okay. Oh, and Puppet is raising his hand. I think he has oh, something Puppet to say. Has a bad mic, but thoughts. Go ahead, Puppet. <laughs> so the idea of Aaron doing it for his friends coming as a shock, I agreed on my first read. It, it doesn't really fit. But I think it's not news to them. I mean, the chapter starts with Armin and Aaron discussing this and Armin's like, I understand your plan, you should do all this to save us, but was it really necessary? So in the same chapter, Armin recognizes that and still shows horror when Aaron mentions how many people need to die. The change in Armin only really happens once Aaron opens up about himself and how hard it's been for him, which I know oh, how boohoo hard for him to kill a ton of people. But Armin in that moment, I think, understands his friend and realizes, okay, this is what he's doing. I'll always give him some peace and make the best of the situation I can. I, I don't think the Code Geass uh, plan or doing it for his friends is what caused their reactions. But again, it's very easy to read that way. And I did it first as well because I see I'm a, like a bad writer. Also, shout out to Puppet for um, <laughs> his poll. Did you see it, Mom? His poll? Yeah. Who's the biggest fuckboy, Eren or Shinji? <laughs> oh, I did not see that. What was the <laughs> result? I don't know. Is it? I don't know. Maybe it's still open. <laughs> it's pinned in the voice chat text channel. Okay, I'll have to go. I've been trying not to multitask and pay attention <laughs> to like just a few things here, but okay. So Link's spooky. But the series as a whole, you think it worked, but this chapter derailed? I think it loosened the framing in, instead of like, instead of landing and getting a 10, it, it like landed and face planted and it got it knocked down to like a seven because of the bad landing. You know what? I like that. <laughs> also, just on the poll results real quick. Uh-huh. Who is the bigger fuckboy, Aaron or Shinji? 80 versus 20%. <laughs> Aaron. So, well, which is weird because, like you said, Shinji d had no accountability. I've never seen any Evangelion, so don't quote wow. me on this. But I also read in the in the chat that he apparently masturbated to a girl who was in a coma, or and I'm yep. like, it's a metaphor. And even and and Aaron is apparently the worst fuckboy, according to all of you. What the? F I mean, to be fair, Shinji's fifteen and Aaron's like what twenty. Chapter poll this month. Was Isayama too soft on Aaron? 65% said yes. And is there anybody in this in this chat right now who thinks no? I can't imagine there is. Oh, I see a few a few me's popping up in the voice chat, but I was happy. I was happy to see that 65% agreed that 
he was too soft on him. All right. Well, that was fun. So I think I think we have finished up the air and discussion. Yes. Can we take like a short break real quick? Um, yeah. Play some music. <laughs> we'll be back in five minutes. Welcome back. Underscore. I can't yes. believe you let Kevin sing in our channel while we were gone. <laughs> yeah, it was a delight to have Kevin. Delight to have Kevin come up here and live sing for us. entertainment. I'm I sorry mean, I missed what it. You want really? Where else? I mean, I have never been on a on a SNK discussion with live music. So I, Kevin, I appreciate it. I mean, w- w- what? Uh, SNK uh, video podcast, anything has live uh, music numbers in it. I mean, this is this is clearly the top. Right it, yes, and we I we do have hopefully Craig Bot is running. So even though we didn't catch that on Zencaster, we hopefully have it uh, on Craig Bot. So okay, so what what questions did you have? It's regarding. The talk with Aaron and Armin, I put it as a category. It's three questions. Uh, the first one is from Xlash, and it states, how do you feel about Aaron Lelouch? I Didn't was wrong. Of... I was wrong, though, Luna. Let me just come out and say it. Okay, okay. <laughs> there's That's a history what... here. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that there's history here, but I would think underscore, I think X Slash would, would be very happy to hear me say these words. I never thought there would be a Lelouch. I never thought Aaron was smart enough for a Lelouch. I never thought he was a planner. I never thought he was, I, it, to me, Aaron is a sledgehammer. I'm kind of along the same lines that Link Spooky is, that his big thing is to just bash things until they work. And what he did was he just bashed things until it worked. So Aaron's whole, Lelouch. Like, are we even convinced there? To me, it was like when he decided to rumble the world, it was mixing business with pleasure. The business was and the Titan curse, but he got to pick the way he wanted to do it. He did it through genocide and the 80%, I don't know, accidental Lelouch. I'm just rambling at this point. I was wrong. Apparently he did have a Lelouch-like plan in everything he was doing to make his friends look good. So I don't like it, but it's the story. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm guessing that's the answer X slash wanted. <laughs> I don't know. I, I would just go with I was wrong. Was not expecting a Lelouch of any sort. Even a like a half-assed one like we got. Dimitri asks, who is Lelouch and what did they do? Oh, Wait, underscore. Is- Let's let underscore because he's okay. a code geass guy. I am not a code geass guy. I don't know how you. I thought you were watching it. <laughs> I thought I thought weren't you watching it with Velocious? 
Oh, no, I'm watching it with uh, Xlash because he's, it is punishment. Uh, oh. but, uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, spoilers for those who haven't seen Code Geass. Uh, but Lush basically uh, kind of sacrifices himself in the end for in a secret plan where he convinces his friends to kill him to the betterment of the world. But um, yeah, a common enemy, right? Yeah, a common enemy kind of deal. It isn't exactly the same no. as in Attack on Titan, really, because Aaron actually kills 80% of the world. And Aaron wasn't trying to make a better world. He was trying to make his world, which yeah, is not a Lelouch. Lelouch only threatened the nukes. But the next question, if you want to hear them. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's from Rika. Uh, we have two questions for Rika, actually. Uh, regarding this, and it's, I feel like we actually answered one of them, but we can go over them. Uh, do, do you think the whole 80-20 genocide versus survival bit was Siyama being conscientious of the fandom and the factions that emerged? Kind of like he's... Was he being conscientious of the fandom? Like he kind of yeah. rewrote the ending to satisfy as many people yeah, as he playing could? Playing both sides, basically. I don't know. I'm going to say a little bit yes. I think he originally, he went with uh, full, like he said that right in an interview that he wanted to kill everyone by the end of the manga, but then he realized, you know, as the fandom grew, that he couldn't do that anymore. Like he felt like he had some sort of obligation to end it on a better note. So I'm guessing his better note was eighty twenty, but I'm not sure if it was like a compromise for the different factions in the fandom, just as the, you know, the fandom as a whole. Yeah, I, I I I do agree that the ending changed somewhat over the course of the last eleven years. And I just saw Paula's message fly across where she said that the mist was listed as an inspiration. And if this were a, a true mist ending, I mean, we did actually get the mist. We got the worm making mist that turned everyone to titans. That um, them turning back into humans might have been an adjustment there. But I, if if Isayama. If Isayama was trying to play to all sides, he failed because nobody was happy. Like literally, well, I don't want to say nobody was happy. 22% <laughs> of the fandom was happy. So he got 22%. 2080 to 20. <laughs> yes. It's coming back everywhere. 80% <laughs> of the fandom. Yeah. <laughs> That's a shame. I mean, it was going to have to happen though, because everybody wanted such wildly different things. People that wanted the uh, A&R ending, people who wanted a peace ending, people who wanted just explanations of the world ending, none of us got it. So there was no way all of us were going to be happy. No, but yeah, we got the hor not the most horrible ending, I think, but still a very unsatisfying for the majority of the fandom, I guess. I wanted the answers ending. I just wanted things to make sense. I was fine with whichever way it went, as long as it made sense. I listen to the Titan Tea Time podcast, and usually they're very positive. Like, they gave last chapter a 10, where I gave it a 1 out of 10. So I thought maybe they would like it, but even they didn't give it like a full... I think they gave it like a 7 or an 8. Even they were not as happy as they could have been. Patter's in the voice. He said James get a seven and eight, and and Patter gave it a six or a seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even our happiest happy. Who's the other person who's always happy? Quarren. 
Oh uh, yeah, Eric Corn yes. shit post, or which I also read as Crone shits post in the beginning. But Eric, yeah, from he's uh, always a ten of ten kind of guy, and I think this time he was also a seven of ten. So even the even the optimistic boys, even Puppet, Puppet's always a happy, happy guy. And I think you know, I think Puppet's a mostly happy guy. Well, I see in the chat he gave it an eight. So even the most <laughs> uh, positive people had struggled on some points of this one. Yeah. Well, I mean, there there's some some really awful phrasing in this chapter, regardless of intent. So I'm guessing that's what most people had issue with, if they still like the overall ending. So what was the other um, question, underscore? You kind of have a breeze a little bit on this, but uh, what do you think, it, this is a question from Rika, Again, okay, but what do you think about Armin's words to Aaron and the big controversial thank you, Aaron moment? You kind of all went over this, but do you, you can talk about it more if you feel like it. So I definitely think, and we asked us in the chapter poll, did Armin actually thank Aaron for the genocide? And only 12% so far of the 16,000 people who've responded said, yeah, that's what he said. I mean, the other 80, oh, wait, I said I was only going to do math once. What is 12% minus 100? 88? Yes. Okay. Woo. 88% recognized that it was not the intent. It was just horrible wording. I hated it. I hated him saying that. Like I unequivocally wanted Aaron's actions to be viewed negatively and Armin didn't. Or I don't know. Like, okay, I've said this. I said this on Nasty's podcast. I said it on Andrew's. I know I'm going to say it again. I understand Armin because Armin is the character who more than anyone else knew that you had to throw away your humanity to accomplish things. And he's also the least judgmental character. He had no issues with Annie, no issues with Bert. When he blew up the port in Liberia, his thoughts were immediately, oh, this is what you felt. When Aaron boarded the airship after Liberio, Armin's the only one who managed to smile at him. When the warriors joined up, Armin again, no issue. He he was one of those people who understood the hypocrisy of the pot calling the kettle black. Armin would do anything to achieve his goals. He understood Aaron would do the same. Again, I can rationalize all this. So he would be in a situation where he could forgive Aaron's methods or understand them, whatever. Does that make it right in the story? No. In the story, it just came off as completely tone deaf. Yeah, I rem- remember you saying that on Nasty's podcast. And it's it's kind of like, a, I agree and I disagree because he knows Aaron is about to die and he wants to make him feel good in his final moments. But also, what? yeah, just those words. It's why the whole chapter, I feel like everyone, like, the warriors who lost not their their family, but like at least their entire nation has been crumbled to dust. And the rest of humanity certainly has ended, uh, except for the 20% that was far enough south from parody. Um, I, why are they all so thankful and happy and, you know, I could have stomached Armin. Aaron. Yeah, I just, like, I can understand Armin and Mikasa, right. especially Mikasa, but, like, and I can understand them, like, trying to make the final moments between them 
you know, end everything on a positive note, but not like this. This is this is just above and beyond what was necessary in that moment. And overall, the, this kind of makes me question Isayama a little bit. Like people say, oh, he didn't mean it like this. It was just bad phrasing, but you know, bad choice of words. But I feel like he has done this multiple times now where I'm like, you're taking, you know, there's a line to cross and he's crossed it just a little bit too far, a little bit too often for my liking that I'm like, well, at, at what point is it like an unfortunate choice? And at what point is it his real opinion? He started this story because he'd watched a documentary about a serial killer and he felt oddly sympathetic to this person or not sympathetic. He wanted to explore, you know, is it just an accident that I'm not a serial killer? You know, he felt some sympathy, knew it was strange, and that was the ending he was going for. So in retrospect, we should not have been surprised. We should not have been surprised that at the end, he tries to make the serial killer sympathetic. But it almost seems to me like a rapid course correction. Like it was like Aaron was a monster for the last 30 chapters. And then suddenly at the 11th and a half hour, Oh, wait, you're doing this for us. Yay. Well, no, he's still the same monster, but all of a sudden everyone decides to kind of end things on a good note with him. Yeah. Which is so strange. There's, like, you can have sympathy for, like, a killer because of their horrible childhood or other things that they've been through, but you can still look at the crime and they committed and the victims that they made and consider what they th- did a horrible thing and also look into like, you know, to what part was their environment and their upbringing a, a factor in this and what part was their own choice to go down this path. And I don't feel like he really explored those things in this manga those concepts. Terrible choice of words. And if he'd had any other character, if he'd had Reiner, Jean, Connie, anybody else like speak out against it, or even after the time skip for them to speak out against it, it would have been better. I understand Armin and Mikasa, but everybody else, yeah, it's too much. Were there any other um, any other questions, underscore? Yes, we have a question from uh, Renan here. Oh, oh no. Asking, did you think Aaron was acting sus during the whole last arc? (laughs) (sighs) Yes. I would have, uh, I would have voted him as the imposter. Yeah. He should have been thrown out of the airlock for sure. (laughs) But I think the clues were always there that he was not the ice cold Chadron, even if it was just the flashbacks being thrown in to show his emotion and the crying in 131 over Ramsey. Like, I think. <laughs> I mean, I do think that keeping his inner thoughts hidden for the most part was a bad choice on Isayama's behalf. And that's just because I think his you know, conveying characters' emotions was always one of his strengths, as I've said multiple times in the past on this podcast. And he kind of shied away from that more after the Marley arc and probably focused more on his art, which, you know, I can't say for sure, but 
his art has drastically improved even in this last arc. So I, I wish we got more of the good stuff, like more conflict, more um, his inner thoughts, more how other people thought about him, felt about him, how things affected them. Because keeping us in the dark about Aaron, do you think it really was... Yeah, I know there were, there were always a lot of mysteries in this manga, but to have Aaron's motivations be the, the final mystery, do you think that added at all to the story? Did it make it more enjoyable for you guys? And I'm also asking the people listening in right now, because... I think I probably would have enjoyed the story more if we had more of, you know, Aaron's inner co- uh, conflict with the whole situation. But that's just me. I'm seeing a lot of I agree with Luna's. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's all I'm seeing right now. Mm. Yeah, we've talked in Andrew's server quite a bit about the whole mystery box approach where Isayama likes to create these mysteries and just hold on to them like mm. a child from birth to adulthood and not give us a glimpse of the baby in the blanket thing. It doesn't work. And and for the last chapter to be, I think we counted maybe 12 reveals in one chapter all at once, including the big reveal of Aaron's motivations. It it's not it's I would rather had had more downtime to process those reveals. And as it was, it was just we were getting hit in the face with them over and over, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six. And no time to process them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't really have anything else to say on this. Honestly, it's just. Yeah. It's a shame. I think. It is this, a shame. I feel like um, a lot of people have said that a lot of plot points and character motivations that we never got were kind of wasted potential. Like he could have done so much in the last part of this series, and it all feels like. A lot of it didn't go anywhere or was just underused. Do you agree with that notion? Absolutely. What do you think was the most underused or disregarded or? I mean, obviously Reiner and Historia, like those two, I felt like had the most buildup coming into this and there was literally nothing, literally nothing. (laughs) And did we read more into it than we should have or was a ball dropped? And it feels very much like a ball was dropped. And, and I know Isayama has a book coming out uh, June 9th, and he's always been very generous in these books. I think we've had, what, three guidebooks now, where mm-hmm. he explains all the bits of the story that he didn't make clear. Like he has to he has to create all these guidebooks because he didn't do the job he needed to do in the manga. And those have been a lot of fun. We've gotten like a lot of cool stuff revealed. And I just, I have to think that we'll get some of that in the guidebook. Yeah, the final upcoming guidebook. But I mean, when you have to write a book to explain your book, that's a problem. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I I agree with you on Historia. I do think she, I mean, you cannot show her pregnant and like depressed miserable. and then yeah. miserable and not have her speak and then end the, the chapter or the whole series like with her letter. And just like no explanation, just jump to her happily living with her family. But you know that's what we got. And with Reiner, I I think I agree with uh, Alina, who I had on the anime podcast for our second episode as a guest. 
she said that she really wanted like more of the Aaron versus Reiner rivalry, which was also hinted at at the final exhibit that it that it really would be between them that they that there would be a bigger role and I feel like that was hinted at in the manga as well when they left Liberio that there was a, a fight to continue between them and then when the battle of heaven and earth like it really felt like there was going to be this rig- big Reiner and Aaron battle one more time oh we never really got that at the end plus you know all of um Reiner's story of like wanting to become a hero as a kid and being loved by everyone and now that he finally had a chance to become a hero and not have the rest of the world know nope all I can figure is that when Isayama said that Reiner was a secondary protagonist of the story he only meant for that one arc and that Reiner's story ended with Marley for the most part that the rivalry was there. I mean, I mean, that's yeah. obviously that's how it is now in retrospect. Yes, definitely. But I feel like there was there was more to it. Well, yeah, we all did. <laughs> so, but oh well. Like we're all waiting for Historia. We're waiting for the payoff for Reiner. We're waiting for the payoff, and there was no payoff. Was there? I mean, there was no. Nothing. There, there was that that heel twist turn from his mother. So now we have to determine like, what was... Who was like a complete bitch to everyone. Look at my big, brave, magnificent son. And uh, look at your dead other son, you know, Mr. Uh, Hoover. And look at your missing daughter, Mr. Leonhardt. But look at my amazing son who did come back from Parody. Ha! Huh? Who was all like, oh, Reiner, I'm so sorry. I'm so glad you're still alive and not the Armored Titan anymore. I'm so... So happy that that was included and that that gave <laughs> Reiner the closure. <sighs> I know. I, I, you know, I, like I can justify every part of this story if you give me enough time, but Reiner, I can't. Like, it's just like. Why did no... Karina get a happy ending out of all of the people? Well, I think the whole point was that Reiner's childhood baggage needed to be resolved and Karina needed to do that. And so Karina released him from his burden of needing to be a hero and he could go on and become a pervy frat boy sniffing married women letters or uh, whatever. But, no, but I just, he did everything like, and he did the right thing. I did. Why did he, why would he need to let go of that? Why couldn't he just move on from that? Like realize you can't always get what you want, but I'll, I'll do the right thing and I'll forge my own path. And why did Karina have to absolve him of, yeah. I mean, I, I would much rather have seen dead warriors in the smoke than Corinna, but your face, I mean, during the live stream, I know we're not going to share that publicly. That's only available to people who are like in it, but um, that look of complete devastation, like I just, I felt so bad. I felt bad for you. I felt bad for all the Reiner fans. I was so happy at first because in the first panel, posted three-year time skip, he looked so handsome and then the panel right after that was him being a creep. And it's like, huh, that's what we're ending his story on. His mom getting absolved and giving him what he wants and needs, apparently, and him sniffing a letter for a girl he couldn't name by the correct name for seven years, hasn't seen in seven years, has a kid with someone else. I mean, is married to someone now. I mean... That's all I could have ever wanted for Reiner. 
And I think you saw where the editor has commented on that and said that they laughed at the panel, that it was just like a dark joke. But I think that makes it all the more insulting to a lot of readers. I don't think that actually helps. I don't think that that absolves it, that, oh, haha, look, we made a funny joke. I don't think that helps. I mean, I kind of get it. Like, they want to show, or Isayama wanted to show, like, he's in a better place now mentally and he wants to like joke like he did before but i think the way he joked th- did it have to be like this like if he said like oh i can't wait to see historia again or something that would have been enough but to go like overboard with it like this was that really necessary and that answer is no it was not Ugh. maybe we'll get into this later but did mm-hmm. it ruin the series for you as a reader as somebody who Oh, no, like I still said, like the Marley arc is still the best arc and I still love that arc and I still, it still also retrospectively made me like Reiner in Clash and beyond, but, you know, and there's still moments I enjoy. I just, there there was more Isayama could have done with his character and yeah, the wasted potential bothers me a little bit and the ending, I don't love but I it's not a terrible ending for him either like I said I wanted him to live I wanted him to be happy so and I also want people who read this and don't see a light at the tunnel to kind of maybe draw some strength from this to see you know like things do get better so in that regard I'm happy but it's not the way I prefer things would have gone well you and me both Well, Underscore has hit me up and said that we have a lot of questions, an ever-growing list, and we're already two hours into this. So. Okay, let's let's go. (laughs) Should we just have Underscore pick out five questions and we'll just answer those briefly? And if they can. Yeah. So Underscore, if you want to pick out um, maybe five of them on things that we haven't talked about, and we will be brief. Okay. Uh, We have first question is from Savalkas regarding the rumbling. It's. Did Isayama forget that all the Vault Titans would have turned back into normal Eldians? <laughs> so my theory on that is, and it's, and I think again, just my theory, but I'm going to stand by it, is that um, that the Vault Titans were not people turned into Titans; that they were part of the Paths dimension, and. Looking at ghost theory, where the ghosts are still there, where they were able to reanimate the titans of the past. My theory is that these wall titans were, I don't know, reanimated dead Eldians. And when the Titan curse ended, they just faded back into the Paz world, as did, or disintegrated with the Paz world, I guess, as did Erwin, Hanji, Sasha, Emir, and the entire structure of that world. They were part of the structure of the world. That's how I see it. That's how I have explained it to myself. Okay, yeah. So I don't know if that was on Nasty's or on the Titan Tea Time podcast, but they mentioned like like the past shifters coming back on Aaron's back. They were attached with a cord like to Aaron. And, and these colossals weren't. So I don't know if these are per se dead Eldians, but I don't know. They could have... Listen, they could have all fallen into the sea when they turned back human um, and drowned. I don't know. Um, Or it's just plat on the floor, you know, the rumbled floor. Okapi didn't have a cord, just saying. Mm. I mean, 
But you're right. It's just part of the world that we can't, I mean. I I don't even, it's, it's, it's a thing. So it's accept thing. my theory, accept my theory that they were <laughs> part of, part of ghost, but the pathster life. And yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, people were also saying that it had been like a hundred years, so maybe they had completely disintegrated or completely merged, maybe with their titans. Because we've we've heard people say that, right? That they're merging with their titans, becoming one with them. I know, but Emir um, was a titan for seventy years, and she didn't merge with hers. So I don't think no, an extra no, no. But 30... it's also like how, like she didn't want to be a titan, but like Aaron, like got it when he was really into being the like attack titan, like really using his powers and I'm guessing maybe the people who became wall titans also felt like they were doing it for the good of the world because they were so strong in their conviction maybe they got absorbed by their titan form more quickly I'm gonna I, keep I'm, my just, I'm just I'm yeah. just spitballing <laughs> here it's not nothing serious but yeah it's I don't know what Isayama meant we thought about it more than he did is what he meant so <laughs> All right, what's next, underscore? Paula uh, Blenda asks, do you believe we will get novels after this ending like we got Lost Girls and No Regrets? I'm going to say yes, there will be more to the franchise, but not written by Asayama. That'll be my prediction. I mean, it makes sense to me if there's money to be made, they will continue making it. Although after this ending, I don't know that there's money to be made. Maybe they'll base it on the sales of the guidebook in June. If that goes gangbusters, then they'll realize people are still interested and they'll start producing spinoffs. And if they do produce a spinoff, my hope has always been for a great Titan War spinoff. And the veteran spinoff. <laughs> Young veterans. Erwin. An Irwin spinoff. Yeah. Erwin and his love affair with Marie. No. <laughs> oh, oh, I have to just say this thing. Nitaku. I know a lot of people share my love of Erwin. Nitaku said the most horrible thing in the chat, and I'm just going to read it. He said, equating Reiner sniffing the letter, he said, imagine if Erwin survived the whole series and his last appearance included him sniffing a letter from Niall's wife. Yes, imagine that. That really helped me to appreciate the pain that Reiner's fans are going through. Thought I would share that. Thank you, Nitaku, for that one. Can't get that image out of my mind now. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. Before we move on to like the ending, shall we talk a bit about our favorite moments from this chapter? Oh, it was definitely Levi. Levi saved the chapter. Him seeing <laughs> me, me and Petter getting satisfaction to everybody who told us we were crazy about ghost theory was the best moment of the chapter. Levi was flawless. Like, I'm so glad I picked the favorites I did. And his little ending, him and Gabby and Falco, him in the wheelchair, looking super comfortable as Falco's pushing him around. I mean, I just, there's no complaints there from me. Absolutely none. Perfect. Flawless. If I focus on that, I'm happy. Yeah, I agree. Levi I got a really good ending, send-off-wise with the Survey Corps. It's, it's still not a Valhalla, but, you know, half your paths are life, copium. Ghost hey, theory. When we when we were in the live stream, you pointed at your shirt and you said, "Go ahead and tell me what you said." <laughs> no, I, I, I write manga. 
<laughs> you said all these years you've been saying wrong manga and it was actually right manga. So For this one thing it was, yeah. At least. And also um, Mikasa got a perfect ending no matter what. Like I, Mikasa's ending was flawless and people can argue with that. For me, it was flawless. Okay. Well, I disagree, but um, I will talk a little bit more about my favorite, uh, which was Falco and Gabby like hugging after um, Gabby turned back into human. And also, you know, her and him together as 15-year-olds pushing Uncle Levi in their wheel in his wheelchair with Onyankopon there. Oh, like it's it's amazing. It's still my favorite part of the chapter. It's just, it makes me smile always. Just gives me good feelings. I think for me, those two were the best moments. Like Levi got a great ending. I love that he is also not on parody. I mean, they probably wouldn't let him back, but why would he want to? Like the man sacrificed everything for parody. And then they turn around and all turn into fascists. Come on. He deserves to be taken care of by two young kids. Yeah, I love that Levi didn't go back. He was done. He'd, he'd done everything on his to-do list and was done. And there was nothing left for him there in Parody, so. I saw a lot of screaming in the chat about my statement about Mikasa's ending being perfect. Mm. And I just want to say that I never saw her story as a problem. I always appreciated her devotion. Uh, I think it was unhealthy. I think she recognized that. I think Aaron wanted her to forget about him. And she said a big solid no to that. Again, that was her choice. And I I just, she's what I expected. And her, I don't think she spent three years sitting under a tree. She looked better fed than that. She looked healthier than that. <laughs> I think if she wants to spend the rest of her life thinking about him, that's her choice. It's a perfect ending for me because I wanted her to have a choice. And I feel like she made her choice. And I don't want to argue with that. Yeah. Didn't you also, I don't, did you say it in the chat that you were good at looking at someone's positive sides and also good at ignoring their bad sides? I, I'm, nothing about it was healthy. Nothing about it was good. I, at least we it agree was tragic. on that. Yeah, it was tragic. But I think that Mikasa made her own choices. And I appreciate that. Nobody coerced her. Nobody forced her. She, she was not a slave. I like it. Mm. I, I feel like it was wasted potential. Like I feel like there could have been done more with her character. Oh, absolutely. There could have been more done with every character. Let's be real. Well, but especially her. She was very one note. I, I still, sorry, I can't take her seriously because I think of her walking back all the way to Parody and then swimming back with Aaron's head somewhere. Because <laughs> how did she get back? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But I think that's the main concern. Like the fact that there was never anything from Aaron to reciprocate his feelings throughout the story made it weird. I, that, see, I saw that though. So that never bothered me. Yeah, but like, did she know that he reciprocated? Like, it didn't did she... matter. To me, it didn't matter. He was her family. Love is love is love is love, right? And whether no, it was that's not as true. her savior, as her boyfriend, as her family. different kinds of love. It started, yeah. it started one way, it ended another. And I, I just, I can't, fault, I can't fault anyone for who they choose to love. I don't know. 
Sorry. Yeah, maybe that's also it. Maybe I felt like the, that relationship was never really strongly developed. That I could see, like, it like it, it felt more of a superficial love. Like, I don't know. Oh, see, I, I just totally, I don't want to fight about it because I know no, we're running out of in time. In a romantic but. way, I mean, it felt more superficial, not like as a family way. That I To me, see, but. it was organic. Like I saw their relationship grow from chapter one to, to the end of the series. I saw them become more mature, more respectful of each other until the time skip. And then he was a total douchebag to her. But especially in RTS arc, I saw a lot of maturity and growth in their relationship. And granted, could it have been better done like everything else in this manga? Yes. But to me... Yeah, I, but I feel like this is... This yeah, was the, the love story of the manga. It should yeah, have been better I, done. I, I, I disagree that it was the love story. Like, okay, it was, it was the relationship. It was a one-sided, it was... Edit, 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 <sighs> like 139 chapters. And then the final chapter, apparently, Aaron is like, yeah, Mikasa, Mikasa, Mikasa. Great. I saw it in ten in one twenty three, and if people did not see it in one twenty three, that's on them. I saw it in one twelve. I saw it in one one. I didn't see it in one one twelve. One oh eight in the train scene. I saw it. Um, one twenty three. I saw it. I mean, it was yeah. There okay, so that there were hints, it. but that I don't call that development. I don't. I want more out of it. And again, it's indeed unhealthy. And now she's back on Parady. Like she's lost Aaron, but she's also lost all of her friends there. Now she's living with the fascists. At, at least because Aaron's grave is there. I mean, that that's her future. I'm supposed to find out a good ending for her. Let's I'm sorry. Move on. Yeah. Let's <laughs> It was his death anniversary and they were all Yeah, no, 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 no. That that's fine if it, if she's just there for but like why would she give everything up just to be there? Whatever, let's move on. Underscore. Yeah, okay. We're not going to agree on this. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we have uh, seven questions <laughs> regarding character endings. So uh, let's start with Petter's comment. Uh, how likely do you think it is that Historia is a Jaegerist? I could really see it going either way with her. Of course, I hope she isn't a Jaegerist. So I personally like to think she's her own unique situation uh, as the monarch of Paradise. But I'm curious to hear your takes on her situation and why she would keep quiet about Aaron's plan, even though he told her all about it what do you think yeah this is the question that i i probably have to do the most um backpedal i mean i i clearly was wrong so i i don't want to say that historia is totally a jaegerist you know i would like to think that i i saw kasumi kasa on twitter try to rationalize i want to rationalize this okay and i you guys can call it cope all you want i want to cope i want copium on this and i've been trying to inhale it but um Kasumi Kasa was of the mindset that Historia was powerless to stop Eren, but she suspects that while Armin left the world to fix, like Armin clean up his mess on the world, that Historia's job was going to be to clean up his mess on Paradise. And her expression, Historia's expression at the end, that look of determination, that's the first time we've seen that look since she stood up and said, I will take the Beast Titan. I mean, it looked like old Historia. It looked like she was ready to like mess up some Nazis. That's the only way I can reconcile this is that she was biding her time. And for whatever reason, she's acting now. I mean, I can't forgive the silence either. I hate the idea of her being a Jaegerist. I don't think she is a Jaegerist. I think her emblem was different. I think the fact that she's she, in her letter, talked about the world and not parodies. 
I wish we knew for sure. Maybe the guidebook will tell us, but was being silent, does that make her complicit? Yes. Yes. Historia is complicit in the rumbling. And I never, ever thought that would be the case ever. So Horatio and others who in YouTube, we have argued incessantly over this. I do not <laughs> think Historia is a Jaegerist, but I do think she was complicit. Her silence made her complicit. I agree that I don't think she's a Jaegerist, but I've, I've look, looked at what other people had to say, and I feel, I, I still don't exactly get why she stayed silent. I'm thinking it's because maybe she thought it wouldn't change anything for the better, and she couldn't stop Aaron anyway. Like, she, she, she played all the cards that she had to try and stop him, and she couldn't, so I don't know why she stayed silent, but... The, the fact that she did is kind of troublesome. And the fact that how she took advantage of the situation, like post battle of heaven and earth, that's a little bit concerning to me. I mean, I don't think she didn't take advantage. It looks to me like she laid low. She was still a puppet queen. It's not like she had authority. I think no, she no, no. She's not in charge. That's of course that, okay. that's the fascist movement, but it seems like, it's not like they pushed her aside, right? Like she still is very front and center in the peace negotiations, which like she's not in any, she doesn't have to fear the Jaegerists. Let me put it like that. They're not a, a threat to her. That makes me think, well, keeping quiet had not only a good advantage, for, had an advantage for her personally, but also maybe that's what she wanted. Like maybe she did want to keep Bailey safe. Maybe... She thought, well, okay, Aaron is going ahead with this, but, you know, this grave error, I'll take advantage of it. Thank you. That's the only way I can reconcile it is that she was biding her time to take care of things later. And it looks like that's the way the story is going. Okay, next question is from um, Saturni, and it's opinions about Levi staying alive. You said it before, but go through this list. I was happy he stayed alive. I'll just leave it at that. He got everything he wanted. He looks happy. I'm happy for him. I don't think thematically he needed to die. When Armin said the way they were going to fix this was to tell their story, we needed people from each each stage of the game to tell the story. And Levi being the last of the vets, the last of the Survey Corps, if they need to hear his story, he's there. They needed somebody. I'm happy. I mean, he could have died this chapter, like saluting the survey core members that have passed, but um I I I, I just love that he's with Falco, Gabby, and Onyankopo now. There's there's I just love it. So I'm happy with his ending, but I think I would have been happy either way. And one more shout out about afterlife being real. Sorry. <clears throat> Still not Falhalla. <laughs> I will never get over that Mosaku. Um afterlife is not real. Oh come on. Wait till I take on bird theory. So we'll get to that. One bird right or bird theory? Bird. <laughs> Seagull Burb. theory. Seagull. <laughs> Speaking of bird, uh, our next question comes from Bert Rice. Uh, did Armin really deserve his ending? He got basically what he wanted on the sacrifice of others. I'm not displeased with Armin's ending, and I do think he deserved it. Deserved is a big word. I'm not going to say deserved, actually. I don't think he earned it. I don't mind that he got it. 
what uh, to to get everything the girl the the leadership role the the, the wop <laughs> the, the hero the hero yeah i'm in race Ackerman, tiber hoover yeah yeah um I mean, yeah, he's Isayama's self-insert. He even got Isayama's haircut by the end. So He did. Uh, he looked. And in the poll, he got best glow up. When we asked who had the best glow up, it was Armin. <laughs> Armin was the best looking time skip. I, I just, so. I, I can't care too much anymore. Like Armin's still got work to do. He's still got to save humanity. He's still got to clean up Aaron's mess. It's probably not fun for him. I'm glad somebody's doing it. I mean... Yeah, let's let's just leave it at that. He he got everything very easily. Let me just put it at that. Like compared to how others, how hard they had to work at things, and never got them or barely. And then he basically got everything handed on a silver platter. Doesn't make him a very compelling or interesting character to me. I guess I don't call it a silver platter, but I mean we can agree to disagree on that. I think he tried. I mean, well, A for effort, golden yeah, star. Yeah, it's okay. He sat all those years in front of Annie's crystal, touching it. Whoa, good for him. Guess that made Annie fell in love with him. The creepy touching, and you know him becoming the leader of the Survey Corps instead of someone with actual leadership skills. I mean, that was fair and just. Um, I'm not going to fight you on this. Because you know I'm right. <laughs> no, he was absolutely the right person to be. We discussed this. He was the, of all the people, he was the spirit of the Survey Corps. Certainly Armin and Mikasa, or Aaron and Mikasa were not. No, like Aaron, he, we discussed that Aaron and Mikasa were not, and that right. Armin more so. But to say that he would have been the right fit for the, the as a leadership role, I disagree. And I still disagree with Hanji as well. Not because, you know... They don't have skills, but I don't. They they wouldn't excel in the leadership role, but like the choice was probably her or Levi, and then or sorry, them and Levi. So, yeah, between Hanji and Levi, I would also go with Hanji. But with with like the choices Hanji had for the next leaders, it uh, I wouldn't have picked Armin. Let's just leave it at that. Next next topic or question, please. Yeah, we probably need to cut this quickly because we need to do the quick fire and move on. So, mm. do you want to move to the next question? No, uh, so, so we can go quickly. Uh, Demon King asks, "What are your thoughts on Helos, parentis Reiner, and Fritz, parentis Seek, saving the world together? And how it could have been better if they both had a talk instead of having Armin in paths." <laughs> <clears throat> Some salt on the wound there. Uh, Not salty at all there. My answer to that is that this was, I equated it in the chat earlier today to a road trip where the driver is Isayama and Armin, Mikasa, and Aaron is that destination. There were plenty of interesting places he could have pulled over and spent some time, but he didn't. The destination was always what it was. And there were a thousand different ways this story could have been better. And characters who were more interesting than Aaron, Mikasa, and Armin, or at least Mikasa and Armin. So it's his story, and he chose to tell it the way he told it. And it's up to us to like it or not. Shall we send him the the poll results? (laughs) (laughs) 15,000 people have come to this conclusion. 15,000 people hated it, Mr. Isayama. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, regarding Demon King's question, 
I feel like, yeah, I, I'm okay with Armin and Zeke having that conversation instead of um, Zeke with anyone else because I felt like Zeke and Armin hadn't really spoken with each other, so it made sense for them to come to new insights with each other as opposed to Reiner and Zeke, for example. I mean, if I was Reiner, I would have... I, I would have tried to kill Zeke and Pats, which I'm not sure if that's possible, but I would have tried if I was Reiner. Yeah, Armin not being a judgmental person was a good one yeah. to talk to Zeke. Hmm. Shall I move on to the next question, though? Yes. Uh, Nitaku asks, oh, what geez. do you think Reiner did to Siyamo to make him hate him so much? That is the question. Yeah, the best answer is that if Isayama couldn't have Reiner, nobody could have Reiner. So there you go. That That's it. That's all there's to it. And Isayama drew Reiner with Matt Damon's body and what yeah, was that's that? What <laughs> uh, Brad Pitt's uh, good face and Matt Damon and perfect personality, et cetera, et cetera. And all he does is end up, you know, becoming a mama's boy who sniffs married women's uh, letters. So it was jealousy, Nitaku. It was all jealousy that Armin had to be his self-insert and not Reiner. So Vital asks, what happened to Yelena? Also, same question from Dominic G. Also asked, what happened to Yelena? Okay, so Mamtaka once said that um, with Kiyomi and Yelena on one boat, only one of them will survive. And we saw Kiyomi. She was very <laughs> much alive. So I thought Yelena would eat Kiyomi, yeah. but apparently it went the <laughs> other way. Kiyomi, I mean, who knows how long they were on that raft? how long they floated. I'm guessing Kiyomi became, it was one of those survival stories and Kiyomi ate Yelena. That's what I think. <laughs> I think Kiyomi threw her overboard the same way she likes surplex flock. <laughs> but, you know, she could have died from her injuries and started to smell too much. So she just gave her a seaman's grave. I don't know. Maybe she went back to, to live somewhere away from all the people who weren't her almighty savior, Zeke Yeager. I do wonder if the guidebook will give us what happened to Yelena. I wonder. I'm, sure I, I, I'm guessing because we didn't see her, I'm more likely to say that she is dead, but there's no way to know for sure. Do you, I just realized what we're doing now. So we all kind of had our cope for the ending. We were all like mm. what we thought would happen. Now we're going to transfer all of that copium to the mystery pages that are going to be included in the final volume. <laughs> And into this and guidebook. The guidebook. <laughs> and we're going to work ourselves into frenzy between now and June, expecting things to get fixed. And it's not. It's going to be just as bad. And we're going to have what? all- I'm going to pre-order this guidebook. And I'm going to work on my Japanese. And we're going we're gonna to just get to the bottom of all of this. We're ASAP. just going to- What we need to all do collectively as a fandom and lower our expectations for every bit of information in that guidebook. <laughs> it's going to have Surma's last name. Like that's we. That's what's going to be in the guidebook. It's not going to be anything interesting. We can't have Lara Tiber's middle name. You, you, right. you, you ask for Surma, but the real one is Farmer. Can we just? Uh, get no, name? we're not. No, we're not even going to get Farmer Coon's name in the guidebook. That's reaching too high. That's that's Maybe. holding name up. Name copy too much of that one. I, yes. I, I just want Historia's daughter to be named Genocidea. That's all I want. <laughs> If that is her official name, then I'm happy. Then everything is, everything will be forgiven, Isayama. 
if we drop all expectations, we'll be delighted with whatever the bonus pages are. So that's collectively what we all need to do. <laughs> I mean, if you can't cope with the end of the manga, we can cope with the end of the anime. Yeah, that's too far away. <laughs> I need cope now. <laughs> but we have one final question for character endings. Uh, it's from Velocious. What is the point of Peak's character? I don't see her serving any role or purpose. She's just there. She might as well could have been removed from the story. Okay. Peak's role in the story is what they call a punch clock villain. Somebody on the other side who's very likable and serves to humanize the enemies in a way that Reiner couldn't. Reiner had done too many things to hurt too many people. And I know when on the polls, people... I would say, what, 20% don't like Reiner, will never like Reiner, have no sympathy towards Reiner. So we needed a punch clock villain. And Peek served that role. Smart, sensible, likable, kind of boring. What? As a character role. No, not not Peek herself. I said like that particular character role isn't the most exciting. That trope is not the most exciting. But it tends for, to make for very nice characters. She's very likable, made her very likable, and it humanized the warriors. Yeah, I think she was a little bit of comic relief and also, like you said, a likable character from the other side. But I also expected her, I considered her more expandable in the earlier stages of the ending, but I'm I'm super glad she was there at the end. And I'm so happy she called Eren out on that roof tr- rooftop. That's still one of my favorite moments. Yeah, you're not my friend. And Bannett, our parish nightmare. She got some of the best lines this last arc as well. I wish she had added one of those in in this one, but she got to be a little bit sassy. That's about it. I wish I could have talked to him. I know she said it sarcastically, but yeah. I actually wish she could have too. I would have loved to have seen her just eviscerate him. I, uh, people in the chat are laugh, are you know, like, why did she want to talk to Aaron? I think it was to tell him off. Who knows? I think she was just joking that she was left out of the the final uh, goodbye. (laughs) Let's see. Do we want to talk a little bit about Mikasa burying the head? Do you want to talk a little bit about that? I, I think we need to mention that you called it. Like last month's podcast, you said that she would bury his head under the tree. So I think you deserve a shout out for that. I thought it was perfectly fitting. Like it... I have no issues with that at all. Yeah, I, I thought if, if you know, it was obvious he was going to die. And if if they're going to bury him somewhere, it's going to be under the tree. There's no other place. Yeah, I liked it. Did Aaron become the dove? <laughs> or is he just controlling the dove? Well, the thing is, he how did he control those birds before? I don't how know. were the birds and pats? So... That's something that's never been explained mechanic-wise. So he could still be controlling the dove or put a part of him in the dove. He could be like Itachi Uchiha. I don't know. But like he he isn't the dove, but he's either controlling it or, or a part of his being is in the burps. What do you think? I I, I mean, we, we called bird theory and whatever form it takes... Obviously, mm. Aaron, was, those birds were super suspicious and were significant in the story. Yep. It's kind of crazy how he has been watching everything through the burbs. Mm-hmm. Do we want to 
elaborate on their uh, the final roles in the game. So Historia being happy with her family, the Jaegerists taking control, and the <laughs> the Alliance being the ambassadors for peace. I liked the part that Aaron messed up the world even more than it was before and parodies more than like I'm fine with all that but I really think since we're another hour into this and we had more plans we should probably just move into the final chapter quiz that we what published last June and announce the winner for that July yeah it's been a long long time ago do you want to explain what that was though I don't know that everyone remembers the final Okay, so we had a final guessing game. So we had a long list of characters where you had to guess whether they were dead or alive by the end of the series. And then we had a couple of other questions. Historia point of view, when will we get a full world destruction? Will the Titan curse be gone? And uh, oh yeah, who are in the final panel and who's the baby daddy? And we asked that in July of 2020. 2020, so a long time ago, (laughs) like nine months ago. Let me just explain a couple of things first. Um, We had to leave some questions out. So we left Yelena out of the scoring, the Yelena dead or alive, because we're not sure of what happened to her. We also left out the question for when would we get Historia's point of view, because we felt there was not really a correct answer. You could say like the conversation she had with Aaron on the forum was her point of view. You could say... It was this past chapter in the letter. You could also say we didn't really get her point of view. So I also decided not to count that one. And I will say for the final score, it didn't matter that we didn't count that one because there was more than two points apart between the winner and everyone else. Also for the the, the other questions, you only got a point if you gave like a definitive answer. So if we asked who is the baby daddy, you had to say farmer and not either not Aaron or Historia's lover or could be Farmer, could be Emir, could be Aaron, could be Z, could be Grisha. Like just one answer and the correct answer. Same goes for the final panel. I only gave you a point if you got both Aaron and Grisha. Total number of points you could get was 23. And the winner with 20 points out of 23 was Harry. All hail the mighty king Flach Forester was his uh, write-in. So, Harry, congrats. I don't know who this is. The the, the Discord name is Harry8234. And yeah, I friended at the time. them. <laughs> yes, at that time. I sent a friend request, and I, I do not share any service with this person. So Harry is our winner. We were going to send Harry a copy of Besatso Shonen, but Harry... If you're there, answer my friend request. But yeah, so anyway, that was amazing though that he he got 20 of them. Although his, like you said, final comment, all hail Flock Forester. Yeah, the joke's on us on this one. <laughs> and then in but, second place was like a 12-way tie, correct? Yeah, yeah. So it, Harry, if you don't answer, we're going to have to send like something to 12 people. We're not going to send something to 12 people. 12 people. So like we're going to... Like we'll send out a message it. on Twitter. Please accept Montaka's friend request. Get your email address back together in shape. Like, come on. <laughs> no, I think what I think what we're gonna do is if Harry, we don't hear from Harry, Harry like, it's fine. I get it. Your grandfather died. Your wife's pregnant. But just reach out to us, okay? We get it. We get it. 
Luna, what we could do is we could randomize the 12 and just pick one of the 12. By the way, are there any that, people that feels in the- mean. That it feels does. mean. In the 12, is there anybody that we recognize? Any of our friends? That's even worse. I'm not doing nepotism. Oh, I'm just curious. Are you going to publish the list so people can see where they came in? Like, I want to know how many points I had. You had you had pretty good. I, I You had 18. Oh, wow. Much higher than you thought because you were always saying, oh, I messed up my score. And and does that put me in with a pack of 12? It does. Well, no, I, I exclude you. So you're number 13. I'm not, okay. we're not sending, okay. a, we're not <laughs> gifting ourselves the, num the number one no, prize. No, no, no. I just want bragging rights here. So I got second, I was officially one of the people in second place. That's all I'm asking. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a final question or something. I don't, I don't know. All right, we'll give Harry a With chance, a though. Well, yeah, Harry, please. And will will you publish the list so people can see where they where they where they were? We had a couple hundred entries, right? Yeah, one hundred and twenty-seven, I think. Okay, so. it'd be nice to see the results. Wait, wait, did I beat Nitaku, or is Nitaku also in the top in the in the big batch of eighteens? Hold on, I don't know if he filled it out once or twice, but let me let me <laughs> find him. Let me find him no he only did it once and he got <laughs> you tied also okay. 18 <laughs> okay all right all right <laughs> oh well good to know no bragging rights on that one sorry a little bit of bragging rights <laughs> okay so that takes care of the um final guessing game quiz and I guess we should go ahead and kick off the quick fire with Polka and Puppet. Are they both in the chat? I see them there. Um, so, and let me just announce again that in the chat, actually, Puppet, you want to explain what you're doing here? In chat, I'll be posting polls for each quick fire question. Everyone can answer them. At the end of the quick fire, I'll close all the polls and read off the results. Okay. And I think. Polka, Polka, I think you got a marriage request in the chat. I saw something fly by. What? Just go back and check for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, marry, 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 marry. There you go. Also, Nad, yes, any day. Can I say that I have seen you and you are really cute? Yeah, I'm like, I'm literally farmer. Yeah. <laughs> this is it, Polka. This is your last shot at a quick fire. Like, this is your legacy. Yeah, I can't believe it. <laughs> well, once once I finish this, I can go to bed t tonight, and uh, and I can just never have to talk about attack and freedom. Doesn't that feel great? Doesn't that feel great? <laughs> You're gonna be the bird at the end, Poker. Yeah, that's what it's gonna be. I'm gonna be like the, uh, the the panel, you know, the famous panel where he says freedom several times. Okay, let's go. Right. This is in no particular order. Simple quickfire round starts now of the Polka's super mega quickfire round 9,000 in brackets. Thank God it's finally over. Right. We're all done. Aaron or Armin? Aaron. Aaron. Armin. Aaron. Mikasa or Hanji? Hanji. 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 Levi or Irwin? Irwin. Levi. Irwin. Levi. Jean or Flock? Yeah, I chose Flock. Uh, Jean. Jean. Flock. Sasha or Connie? Uh, Connie, because she did, he didn't say. 
Sasha, because at least she died and had an impact. I don't think Connie would have. I <laughs> am going to go with... Darn it, guys. I was going to go with Connie for being chapter MVP, but Yelena stole it. So I'm going to go with Connie anyway. Connie. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought Connie was going to get MVP this chapter. Connie got MVP this chapter because it got stolen away by someone who's not even in the chapter. Amazing. <laughs> I thought that was a joke from her. Like, I thought, like, she was saying, well, I thought Connie wouldn't play any parts, but Yelena was not even there. So I thought she was joking. Oh, well. No, I, I don't think oh she's joking. God. I think that's the general oh truth. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Sasha, because what the fuck has Connie ever done? Anyway. <laughs> um,. So this is a bit of a blast from the past. Uh, I've got a lot of blast from the past because uh, I decided to bring up the old wiki. You know, thank you, Nitaki, oh, for that and the characters. Yeah, yeah. Not all. No, I'm not going to do any of the no nobodies. But Mobley or is it Mike? Yeah, Mike or Miche Mike, or yeah. Uh, Moblitz. Well, I, I I like my boys who smell things, so I guess Mike. Yeah, Mike. Mike for me for sure. I don't know, Moblet has the loyalty. Anyway, he also didn't die so pathetically. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Dina or Carla? Uh, Carla, because she was a good mother. Yeah, Carla, because Dina was going along with Grisha's abusive bullshit. This manga does not have many genuinely good parents. Carla was a genuinely good parent. Yeah, Carter as well. And on the subject of parenting, Mr. Browse or Mr. Leonhart? Leonhart. Browse. Browse 100%. <laughs> yeah, Browse, of course. Oh, absolutely. Arthur Browse. Yeah, Mr. Browse. It's amazing that like we've known Mr. Leonhart longer, but everyone likes Mr. Browse more. Yeah, because he didn't... <laughs> didn't, you know, mess up his daughter completely. Yeah, there are exactly like three genuinely good people in this manga. Yeah. Anyang Kapan, Mr. Browse, and uh, maybe there's only two. Actually, I take it back. Oh, you don't think Carla's <laughs> a good person? Uh, yeah, Carla. We'll put Carla in there. Yeah, but Aaron killed Carla. She can't be that good. <laughs> um, Annie or Bertolt? Uh, Bertolt. Yeah, same. Bert. Yeah, I, I Bertolt. Bertolt. All right. Um, Pixis or Niall? Uh, Pixis. Pixis. Niall. Pixis. Reiner or Zeke? Zeke. What? How you betray me? <laughs> Reiner. Reiner. Oh, you have to think long on that one. The chapter ago, I would have said Reiner, but Zeke. <laughs> Well, that's kind of... That, sorry, I'm, I'm so sorry. He They built him up so much, and then they just cut to him sniffing a piece of paper. And it kind of ruins any of the development he had in, like, you know, going from... Going from some suicide... Sorry, oh. I, I just want to... Can I just rant about this? Because I've been wanting to say... Go ahead, I can Poco. Do You've earned, you have earned your rant. Do it. Right, so I'm not even talking about Flock right now. I'm talking about Reiner. Reiner was a good character. Reiner's all about how, you know, he's got some he's got some fucked up head and it's all about how he built past that to save the world. You know, he, he fights the the what's it called again? The the big worm thing. Halu he fights Halu that. He does, the, he, <laughs> he does the he does the whole helio stab it in the face thing and then cuts the last chapter, he's sniffing a piece of paper. 
what an ending for a character like that. Fucking hell. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Isayama. You've you really done nailed it on the head with this one. Sorry, uh Zeke. Because Zeke died before he could get fucking shit on by the last chapter. <laughs> I, I don't even I don't even I, okay, the, the last chapter is not as bad as people say it is, but like it, it still annoys me. Anyway, Pierre or Porco? Uh Porco. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with Porco, but that's mainly because of the anime. Pork. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go with Porco. Oh, this is a tough one, but um, Porco's swagger. Oh, Peak is swagger too. <gasps> Peak. I'm gonna go with Peak. It's Porco. It's always gonna be Porco. You know, Peak didn't even get to go with Jean in the end. So it's Porco. Thank God he didn't get to go with Jean in the end. <laughs> <laughs> the best, the best ship, the uh, card and horse. Yeah, so wholesome. Anyway, uh, Gabby or Falco? Gabby gang. Uh, Luna's torn between Falco and saying Gabby mm-hmm. gang. Gabby gang, Gabby that's, gang. No, that's, Gabby. That's, that's all it is. <laughs> she, she looked good post time skip. Falco looked like he belonged in a shoujo manga. Definitely Gabby gang. Gabby gang. Gabby gang. Gabby gang. Uh, Falco, Falco is the peak of. He's like the most normal human being in the entire manga, I swear. Yeah, Falco. Uh, Tom Kasave or Aaron Kruger? Kruger. 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 Yelena or Yankapon? On Yankapon. On Yankapon. On Yankapon. On Yankapon. Uri Rice or Willie Tiber? Ooh. Will Tiber. Wait, who was the first? Yuri. Oh, Willy, 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 Willy. I am going to go with Willy, too. Damn, I'm going to say Uri. I quite like that um, paradise speech. Uh, Kenny or Grisha? Grisha. Kenny. Kenny. Grisha. Sadis or Magath? Shadis. Magath. Shadis. <sighs> Shadis. Fucking Molayan. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> you know how I roll. Nanava, <laughs> Nanava or Gilga. You know those two? Oh, Nanava. Oh, God. Yeah. Nanava's the blonde yeah. one. Gelga's the one who drank those I mean, I think everyone can relate to Gelga's uh, <laughs> alcohol addiction more than uh, Nanava's sudden uh, family abuse. So, Gelga. Nanaba. Manga Nanaba for me. Forget oh. the anime. Strike the anime. Uh, Marlo or Hitch? Hitch, best girl? Yeah, Hitch. Hitch. Fuck, I, I'm going to say Marlo, but Hitch is best girl. She got a great ending. Better than Rico. <laughs> she was like Himmler to like the next Hydric or something. <laughs> <laughs> She just stood there looking bored as someone like made a fascist speech. What what an amazing ending perfect, for a, perfect. the character. Anyway, it does pick a character, to be honest. Uh, Samuel or Daz? There's two important characters in that chapter. Uh, Daz, because I like his face. <laughs> I'm going to go with Samuel because of his name and also because Sasha saved him, but it didn't matter because they're both dead now. And I'm going to go with Daz because I've accused Asayama of being 
only able to draw five different types of faces, but Daz always proves me wrong. <laughs> Daz has the worst faces. So also Daz. Uh, Hans or Marco? Hans meaning? Hannes. Hannes. Okay. Hannes. Uh, Hannes. Marco. Uh, Hannes for me. Hannes. Historia or Ymir Fritz? Historia. Oh, oh this is a tricky one. Because I don't like either of them. Um, let's go with Emir Fritz. I will go with Historia through chapter 91. <laughs> she drowned in the ocean in chapter 90. Very yes, sad. Yes, it was really sad when Historia died in chapter 91, but she was a great character up until then. Uh, personally, I think the idea of Historia running some kind of weird fascistic dictatorship is fucking hilarious. So we're going for Historia here. <laughs> it's like the most wholesome character you can imagine becoming Hitler. It doesn't make sense. If it was um, set up, I would love it too. Like if it was actually established, if she became an evil genius, I would love it. <laughs> she was she was manipulating Aaron the entire time. That's what they're going to add to the next three pages in the volume. It's going to be how uh, Farmer Kuhn... Or Cadets Ymir? Uh, Farmer Shad, boys. What? Ymir, freckled Ymir, all the way. Every Friday I see Farmerkun dancing on the stage as he goes into a wrestling ring and it just lights my day up, you know? <laughs> Thanks to Andrew Allstar's server. I can't get over him. Um, Colt or Niccolo? Wait, did Mom Taco answer? Oh, everyone knows my yes, answer would Ymir. be freckled Ymir. Yeah, okay, still on the paper. <laughs> <laughs> You did say you may. I'm sure, I'm sure I did. Well, if not, right? I thought it loud enough yeah. that you heard it. <laughs> Fucking telepathy. Uh, Colt or Niccolo? Niccolo because he mattered. Ooh. Wow. Ooh. Wow. Ooh. Colt because he protects kids. He doesn't beat the crap out of them and threaten to kill them. Fuck him. There. So I'm now very afraid to go with who I was going to choose. Yeah. So. <laughs> You're very lucky there's an ocean between us. Okay. You're very lucky that both of them are Malayan, so she, you know, actually has a I, choice. Well, does she? <laughs> well, Luna did anyway. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to, like, decline to comment because it could turn ugly. It's cold, isn't it? <laughs> no, I was going to pick Niccolo, <laughs> but... Really? Uh... I think Nicholas a better character, but I sympathize with Colt more. Put it like that. Yeah, I think you and I will always sympathize with Colt. Yeah. It's the older sibling yes. thing. If you're a younger sibling, you just don't get it. You know, you just don't get it. Yeah, Montaku is one of those people. <laughs> those younger siblings, they're like complete psychopaths, but you love them anyway, you know, it's just <laughs> how it is. Or only child. Only child are definitely psychopaths. That's just <laughs> the truth. <laughs> Final one for the simple quick fire round one name, two name things. Rod Rice or Frida Rice? Frida. Gotta go with my birthday twin, Frida. Oh, Frida. Definitely. Yeah, Frida. Right. This is what I've labeled as more complex shite. <laughs> um, <laughs> as in, it's more than two answers. That's incredibly complex to me, you see. Um, Right. How was the ending? Was it good? Was it bad? Or was it ugly? <laughs> sure was ugly. Uh, yeah, I have to agree with that. Ugly. 
Um, I'm going to go with ugly. Yeah, ugly. It's neither good nor bad. That is true. It's like, um, okay, I'm not going to make it anymore. Uh, which character best fits description of Erwin's successor? <laughs> Hanji, Armin, Erin, or my guy Flock? <laughs> I mean, um, Hanji did see Erwin in death. Flock didn't. I'm just going to be on my side here. Come uh, on. Uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, uh, Flock. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think in ideology, yeah. Hanji, in determinism for... Oh. Well, the whole point is they all represent something of Eric. Uh, yeah. That's why he's so mis... In, what's the word? He was everyone's ideal. He was what they yeah, was all tried missed. to achieve. I mean, I guess for Aaron. Us, because he, he's Shinzo Osasagi yelling, Aaron doesn't give a damn. Aaron is just doing his own thing. The heresy in this chat. I go with Hanji. Who do you think the real enemy is, Aaron? Huh? Sorry, that was a strange question to ask. We all know it's you. In in public mannerisms, flock. But I think in in the in the way it's supposed to be set up, it's Armin. Because obviously, Erwin wanted Armin to be a successor. So, but it's the Armin made flock too based. So you know, that's not apparently. My yeah. Best arc. Trust, Female Titan, Utgard, Uprising, RTS, Mali, War for Paradise, or War for the World. This is a new archive, so it's a bit, it's not War for Paradise, but it's 123 onwards, after the rumbling starts. I mean, if you don't pick Marley, what the fuck are you doing? Called out. Yeah, Marley, 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 Marley. And um, I will say Uprising was the worst. What's your favorite, Montaku? Um, RTS and Uprising is my second, so <laughs> it depends which characters you like. I'm I love the vets, and this one is RTS your favorite since you came to terms with Erwin's death. Yes, yes. Once I processed Erwin's death, RTS was my favorite, and Uprising was my second because the vets just really shined. I really liked Wolf of Paradise, to be honest, but I don't know if that's because I was just on like in it more than. Yeah, I'll say Wolf of Paradise. That's a controversial pick, but I'll go for it. And all those arcs, so all of the arcs that, that I just mentioned, basically all of them, what was, which one was your favorite to be in, in like reading that arc in, in the fan base? What was, how do I explain this in like normal terms? Which of those arcs did you enjoy being a part of the AOT fan base in? Oh, that's a good question. Not, not RTS. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, late Morley. Definitely not. Er definitely not early Morley. That was. Oh yeah. I'd say well, even like beginning of like War for Piety was still nasty, with all the Gabby hate. Uh, I'm gonna say probably when I joined the fandom, which was like right after the basement reveal, because everyone was lauding the series. For that, so. End of R RTS then. So I actually joined the fandom during the Female Titan arc when those manga chapters were coming out. So I have been in the fandom for all of these. And I would say Uprising. Well, like what's fun for me is when people are happy and there's not like a loud group of people screaming what utter garbage it is. And that's uh, the last time we had that. RTS objectively was a nightmare, an absolute nightmare to be in fandom. 
Marley was a nightmare because of people wanting the original cast back, which I understood. Uh, so I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Uprising. Like it was the last time the Survey Corps had a good ending. Historia on the throne, a solid win for everybody. People seemed happy. And I think that arc was constructed really well in a lot of ways. I know some people thought it was boring, but it had a really good conclusion. It had a good setup. Less to complain about in Uprising. I'm with you, though. Just on the, the writing terms, I really like the politics and mm. stuff of Uprising. Um, I'm going to say, actually, I'm going to say War for the World 123 onwards. That had some of the best memes. But then again, I was mainly on Titan. I was mainly on Titanfall. And so all the shitting, all the shitting on the manga was like made into, or like on 4chan or whatever. Whenever you, you saw the fucking just high tier memes coming out of uh, incredibly, it's like, you know, hate leads to anger or whatever. What's the, what's the fucking like? You know how the dark side has the most like powerful thing because they will hate it. It's like that. All the powerful memes come out when everyone hates the manga, <laughs> and it was great. I saw some great. But you memes should on there. be loving like the aftermath of this chapter, then. No, I hate it because I actually kind of wanted it to be like I just I just, just want to like retire peacefully uh, and then uh, from the from the manga. But everyone's still like shitting on it, and I just I don't see why. I think people need to get like on with their lives. To be honest. Right, and so, right, back to somewhat of a quick fire. Now that I've had my little rant. Marley or Paradise? I mean, uh, Paradise is cooler because the walls is a much cooler setting than the generic 19th, uh, 20th century location. Marley, because all the best characters are from Marley. Um, Paradise. Parodies. And sort of like a more uh, zoomed-in version. Liberio, Liberia or Shiganshina? I mean, Liberia is a slave colony, so like Shiganshina? Yeah, let's go with Shiganshina. I feel bad choosing like a ghetto. Yeah, Sh- Shiganshina. Shiganshina, right. And which one, which of these are your favorite errand? Blissful ignorance, Eren, <laughs> when he's a child. Edgy shithead, Eren, so when he kills those people onwards. RTS, Eren, which is like a weird blend of everything. Hobo, Eren. Sigma male, edgy, Eren, which is, you know, uh, up to the freedom child, Eren, you know, where he uh, is a child. Um, Aaron Yogurt, <laughs> Aaron yogurt. final chapter, Eren. Which one is your favorite, Eren? Uh, hobo. Better cook incel. Which one's that? <laughs> <laughs> Final chapter, Aaron. <laughs> I'm going with baby blissful ignorance. Hobo, Aaron. Definitely. Though I did like the um, Sigma male Aaron during 120 to 123. That was quite good. Right. Paths, ghost, or hallucinations? Hallucinations. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I have to say path goats now. No, I think it's what you wanted. What I wanted or what I thought it was? Well, I guess the criteria really is undetermined since this is Polka's quick fire round. <laughs> you are free. Yeah, you are free. No, it's, it's, okay, it's okay, I wanted it to be so hallucinations there, but yeah. Obviously, R- path. R- manga, so. P- path ghosts. Thank you very much. 
No, I'm st- I'm still convinced it's hallucinations. Still. I think you should just. <sighs> I'm gonna die on this cross, buddy. I hate the idea of ghosts. It makes every death like meaningless. That's not true because they <laughs> faded away with Paz. They're dead now too. So they they died when Paz died. But the fucking force ghosts. Like, well. <laughs> what is this? Uh, anyway, Erin's uh, abs. Armin's intellect, Mikasa's strength, or Pix's alcohol consumption. <laughs> which would you prefer? I know which one you would choose, Polka. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, I, I will not want to have alcoholism in real life, so I will pick Aaron's abs because that would mean a better fit body. <laughs> I like uh, Gabby's answer, Reiner's ass in the chat. <laughs> 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 but um, I like that. I like that. Where is that? that we're chucking that one in yeah. as well. Where is it? We're chucking that one in. I like you. <laughs> is Gabby, that an option Mr. now? Because Aaron didn't have. Yeah, yeah. Reiner's no, ass. Is oh, Reiner's. Reiner's. We're, we're, we're putting ass. it in. Oh, we're putting okay. it in. Oh, then I'm changing my mind. Whose ass did you think it was? Irwin's? That flat, soggy pancake ass? Come on. I thought they said Aaron. (laughs) I thought Aaron. So if it's Reiner, then that's an easy answer. Yeah. Why is Aaron's body like a fucking... Aaron's body side on is like a plank of wood. Like, he has no ass and like nothing going on. Yeah, he has uh, Irwin Smith syndrome. It's So I guess guess the straw poll on this one, like they don't get the luxury of choosing... Reiner, so yeah, yeah you, you got it. You got to be in it. But if it was just a straw poll thing, I'd probably say Aaron's abs because you can get anywhere with a nice, nice set of abs. All right, of the options you gave us, I would have picked Armin's intellect if it was actually on display, but he disappointed me too many times. So I'm going to go with Pixis's. <laughs> I'm going to go with Pixis's alcohol consumption. And that's also Poka's choice, I'm guessing. No, he took the abs. Uh, no, actually, I said Aaron's abs. Oh, he said, said the abs. Okay, never mind. Well, actually, if you could get absolutely smashed every night and still have abs like Aaron, like the just, perfect blend. You know, it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Okay, now we've got some. This is. I, oh, I think they do get it, but they're not going to be like uh, proper answers. This is a, a one name answer, one thing answer, one whatever answer. What was your favorite character in the manga? Grusha. Reiner. Erwin? Uh, Flock. Yeah, uh, no the, what surprises. Was, what, was, what, what was the best character in the manga, though, in your opinion? Objective best. I, I, I'm just going to stay with Irvin, I feel like. Uh, Jean, I guess, because he showed the most depth throughout. And consistency, I guess, with his character. So I'm going to stick with Erwin, but um, Kenny Ackerman is way up there. Oh, I'm going to I'm gonna go on out of whim. Levi has the best arc because it actually fucking finishes at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's the best part. All right, anyway. Favorite moment? Of the entire manga? In the, in yeah, yeah. What was your favorite moment? It doesn't have to be like, it could be like a part of a chapter. It could be like an extended series of events. What was it? Come on, it must be in your mind. Like when you think of the manga, you think oh, of this. Oh yeah, d- d- definitely. Aaron and Reiner's talk in what chapter one ninety nine and one hundred. It's a solid pick. I like. For that. me, it's uh, the unarmored titan in chapter one hundred and four. For me, uh, the crate scene. Like you guys are surprised by that at all? 
No, I'm not. We are too predictable. <laughs> I'm saying one of my favorite scenes, just in the manga, I know it's like heavily implied and everything, but one of my favorite scenes is that scene when the walls start coming down and you cut to Mikasa and I think it's 123, cut to Mikasa and Armin mm. and they're on the roof and they're, they're talking about how, oh, he's, he's doing the minor rumbling and they're like, wait, why is Wall Maria also fallen or whatever? Is, oh, why is, why is uh, Sheena fallen? Everything like that. And then it cuts to Eren declaring war in the world. That is such a good scene. It builds up so well. What I do wonder now, looking back, do they regret eating pie in 126? Like, if they had undertaken some action, they could have saved more than 20% of the world? Right. <laughs> right, we're moving on now. <laughs> in that regard, speaking of chapters, what was your favorite chapter? 100. Oh, 121, 121, 121. Sorry, sorry. 121. Uh, I think, yeah, I'm going to go with 119. And I will choose 69. <laughs> well, that was Levi's, Levi's childhood. Kenny oh, Ackerman. Hell, dude. You're more immature than anyone else. Here. I can't <laughs> believe this. <laughs> I knew where this was going to go. Okay. But like, that was a, and Levi smiling at the end. Just, I loved, I like the happy ending chapters. We didn't get many of those. 122, Ymir's chapter, Ymir Fritz's backstory ca- chapter, even though it kind of gets ruined later on, but it's still a very good chapter with Aaron at the end where he does all the shit and then they kill everyone. Epic. Right. What was your worst character? The one you hated the most. Like, I don't actually hate any character, but you know. Yeah, but let's let's imagine for a second you had no life and you genuinely hated a fictional <laughs> You mean character. like we were part of the anti-Gabby brigade that yeah. go from blog to blog? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. The anti-Gabbies, the, 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 the genuinely raving lunatic anti-Gabbies mm. and the raving anti-lunatic anti-Flocks and anyone who hates like Levi. So if we were going right, to join a crazed anti, anti-community, which crazed anti-community would we choose? Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's, I need to think about it a little more, actually. No, no, you've got, oh, okay. got to say quick, it right quick, Oh, yeah, quick fire. Uh, um, you have one in your head. I know you okay. do. Everyone has one in their head, but they don't want to say it. Just say it. You do. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Take that, Udo. Okay. Oh. Oh, I for me it's Floch. I when he shoved back up, like <laughs> I, I slammed the table. I was so mad. I was like, no, this shit, no, what, no. So glad Mikasa killed him. I was so happy. Ugh, and that hair, no, he won't be missed. So I actually am president of the anti Corinna Braun League, like, and I've written <laughs> about thirty-seven posts on why I despise her. But I also like it's tough for me because Rod Reese is is like Corinna Braun, but boring. So he's actually worse in that sense because he's just boring. But I think I will stick with Corinna Braun. Uh, least favorite character would be Armin, definitely. And then the worst written would be Connie. I don't think we've gotten to worst written yet, have we? Or did you just... Oh, shit, we did not. Oh, okay. Oh, no. Early right, answer. What was... Oh, I might have said it when the uh, the microphone was off. That might be more. Okay, what's your worst written character? There's so many to shoot. It could be a character that was ruined by a writing decision. It could be a character that was consistently terrible. Or it could just be like, what, well, whatever. doesn't matter. And I said Connie because he got ruined by 126. 
Connor for sure. I, 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 what the fuck is his character? Okay. <laughs> no, his character was good, and I think they had. It was definitely. I was going somewhere, and then just forgot about it because, of course, he did. <laughs> is that but, your yeah. final answer? Underscore. Yeah, Cornelius. He's just copying me. I um. I mean, there are multiple, but yeah, I'm. I'm gonna say it, Armin. There. Ooh. And I will, I will, it's like, I'm so, like, I want to say Historia, but she died in chapter 91, so she was actually great. So I go No, she wasn't, she was terrible before that, but okay. No, she was great. (laughs) She was great. Also, she didn't die. Stop deluding herself. She died in chapter 91. It was a beautiful death. It was a beautiful death. Um, I'll go with Connie too. Really? Wow. The Connie hatred here is strong. Right. What was one thing you hated about AOT? Just in general. That can't be part... Okay, it can be part of the community. But what was one thing you hated about Attack on Titan? The pacing. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, For me, I think... (laughs) Sorry, let's see Paul Allen's hate. (laughs) 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 <laughs> for me i think the worst um was like the the paths bullshit starting with the memory wiping at i just you know or plot convenience i don't know uh, I, or uh, character arcs going nowhere or underused characters or Paying more attention to his art than pick, his pick story. Pick one of them. Pick one of them. What do you hate more than everything else? I mean, the thing that I like, disliked the f- at first the most was the the memory wipe thing. But I think if I look back at the story as an overall, probably I have to agree with underscore the pacing because that was really throughout the whole story an issue. So I'll go with that. Okay, Momtaku. So I'm going to read one of my friend's answers because I love it. Hated spoiler season on 4chan about SNK <laughs> for sure. And I think I that, that was a terrible, like every month having to deal with people freaking out over nothing. Although this month it was secured. And um, yes, we didn't get a canon, a canon Aruri kiss. <laughs> the Uri, the Uri, Uri, was it? How the fuck do you pronounce that? I don't know. Really? The Uri, Uri hive mind has yeah. spoken. They I mean, said, Isayama clearly, clearly loved. Their, but their least favorite thing was Polka. that someone did kiss. Polka. Obviously, how many times? Know. How many times did Isayama draw that crate scene? Clearly, he enjoyed it too. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, he's got a picture of Ryan's bum on his wall somewhere. So you know, if he if he didn't, uh, no, no write, homo. Draw a picture the of someone kissing. That. No homo. <laughs> <laughs> Right, and now we get on to the good stuff. What was the one thing you absolutely fucking loved slash adored about Attack on Titan? Mystery. Um, how real the characters and their emotions felt, that's what drew me in from the beginning when I watched the anime for the first time. The friends I made along the way. <laughs> okay, um... The lack of a true hero. I felt like everyone, he had protagonists, but he never really had heroes. I really liked that mm. in, in fiction. I think 
uh, moral fluidity is a beautiful thing. Well, we have Armin. <laughs> what was your best AOT meme? Or Attack on Titan meme? Like that we personally created? No, no, they just like. Oh. They just found funny. I mean, uh, I pledge allegiance to the lines. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, you're running into the I did like the impressions to the alliance, yeah. to be honest. I mean, for me, Poundtown, bruh, still makes me laugh, so yeah. I, I'm going to pass on this one and give you my let you, let you pick for me, Polka, because you're the meme guy. What is oh, I'm that? not a very good meme. I'm not a very good meme guy. That's I like a, stupid things. What a cop out answer is that? I yeah. I was never really into the memes. Like I laughed at plenty of them, true. but it's not. I well, never. Like a very serious person. Yeah. She, just, she doesn't even laugh at anything. She just she just like you know does all her work and then goes onto the Attack on Titan uh, Tumblr and just starts writing essays. You know, that's all she does. <laughs> Didn't you like my? I don't know. Attack on Titan characters as Britney Spears songs or something you saw on Tumblr. John as a horse. I don't know. Something. I'll 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 pick one of my own then. Like I think um the most fun I had in doing and creating was probably everything surrounding flat flat ass win. Yeah. So I'll go with that. That was a lot of fun. Flat ass win. Yeah, yeah. Because we had like all kinds of oh, dumb yeah, theories. And there, who, yeah, who became chair. Yes. Yes, it was a. We had so much fun with that. That was like my friends and I. That was just a great time. Yeah, excluding all of the shit that goes on Andrew's serum. In general, memes. I, I, I. This sounds really plebby, but I really found the Aaron Drip memes. You know, where it like cut. You know, when he walked in. You know, the anime <laughs> where, where where he walks into the room and he's and he, like it just it just it's just got drip. You know, when he walks into the room and it just cuts him like wearing drip. That that had me just howling on the floor laughing. <laughs> For no apparent reason, I hated it. <laughs> Someone posted the, the fucking video where they, where, you know, when he just like casually walks into the thing and he's wearing drip. It's so funny. <laughs> right, we've got three more, th just three more, and we're all done. Right, we can all we can all go to bed. And, no, uh, we. <laughs> have we got more to do after this? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the whole oh. point of this was, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it afterwards. I made a big one because I was like it's the last time, and now it just wants to kill themselves. It's I don't amazing. know. I, right. Listen, it's almost one a.m. for me, so I don't know if you want to keep oh, going true. much it's longer. Only, it's only nearly midnight for me, so you know. Um, the best moment in your AOT community. What were like when you were in the community? What was the best moment? Oh, best moments, probably the prime time of Andrew server when it was like 121 chapter discussions and stuff like that. That, that was good stuff. Either that or during Operating Epic. Uh, my favorite moment was when uh, Momtaku got chewed out by the fandom because of the chapter pull. Oh, come on. No, because it led to, to our friendship and the podcast. That's true. That's true. That was a lemons to lemonade moment for sure. What was yours? It's hard. Like, I really, like, I can't look back over nine years and, like, make me choose between my children. There have been so many good moments. This isn't Sophie's choice, okay? Come on. <laughs> 
like okay, so I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with uh, after Irwin died. That was that that was a horrible time, but like we survived it and we have fun with it now. And just just the resiliency of fandom, maybe. That was August 2016 was my worst month, but I made so many really close friendships and it ended up being okay. Uh, just that sense of community that you get when you go through stuff together and come out the other side. So I'll go with that. Yeah, I think I'll go with the underscore here. Though on my original one, I did say when people weren't shipping, because that that really became a big problem in the end, I swear. Everyone was shipping everything. It was awful. But um, that peak, not even Andrew's server, uh, t- Titan on, uh, what's it called? Titans on Tour. Oh, mate, that was the ship. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, uh, that, was, that was prime Discord civility. Well, that was a while ago. Final three now. The best, the best person. This is the final three of ever of quickfires, right? The best person you ever met because of SNK. Or oh, that's tough. Wait, do you want me to go first? Because I want to say something. Sure. Because I, I think that'll make it better. It's got to be Andrew for me. Because, um, what's the word? So I think when Andrew had 10K before he deleted his uh, channel, you know, he had his live stream and I ended up joining and talking to him for a while. And, uh, and because of that, I am now... I know so many new people, you know, it's great. Like I can, if, if I, if I'm not doing anything on a Saturday or Friday, I can just hop on discord and talk to people that I, I like being around. And it's, it's a great experience. Genuinely from the bottom of my heart. It's one of the, I'm actually kind of glad I, I stumbled upon SNK. It really did become the friends we made along the way is the real SNK. Man. Genuinely. I like, I like nearly all of you. So it's the best person we've met, which is incredibly hard, but underscore, do you have anybody? The best person I've met on Discord. That's just just wrong calling someone on Discord. Because of SNK, though. Because of SNK. It's too too many good people, you know? That's what I mean. That's that's why I'm quite lucky, is is I've got Andrew, who then, through Andrew, I was able to meet loads of new people, but it all all goes back to Andrew. I mean... Renan is bribing me to say him, so we have to say Renan. <laughs> Brazil and numero uno. Is that your answer? Uh, apparently so, Renan, yeah. Yeah, it's Renan. Let's just say Renan. Let's go. Okay, well, I'm going to go with one of our former guests, Cash, because her art is what got me into the fandom, and she introduced me. Like, she was my gateway to this entire community, so... I wouldn't have met anyone here if it wasn't for her. So I'm going to go with her. Yeah, this is like, this is hard because I have met some of the best. I've met life, I so many lifelong friends, like my friend Lost, Marie, obviously Luna. But I think that the best person, if I had to look at somebody that um, I see as just categorically the kindest would probably be Ghost Martyr, who was a meta writer on Tumblr from 2014 through 2020 left the series and just um i don't know the best heart i've ever seen in a person so i would go with ghost martyr sorry renan <laughs> i think you might have done this before but what is the final score of the series in your opinion like out of 10 out of 10 i i literally like feel like just from the experience alone that i have experienced because of this manga the people i met just the the fun i've had on Discord and in real life with other people, you know, 
despair yeah, like you beat him real life to fight attack on titan alright shut up <laughs> <laughs> fuck you poker you, I'm holding you hostage right now uh, it, it makes a ton of sound for me uh, the manga itself is like gates but you know Luna? I'd experience like I'd say a 9 out of 10 because I, I had some really highs and lows with this series and yeah I had a great a lot of great experiences in my personal life because of it got to meet Mamtaku, went to new york got also got also got to meet ghost martyr and cash so uh went to san jose because of them so N- hopefully i get can get uh, to meet another phantom friend coffee in japan when COVID allows so lots of good things making me do a lot of things that i also uh, enjoy story wise it differs like I, I i still really love the trust arc after that i think my favorite moment comes at the end of return to shiganshina like the basement reveal love marley the rest is so so or not so good for me so maybe on average like i'll give it a 6.5 Okay, and I'm going to go with the easy answer, like underscore 10 out of 10. Like this, I have had the best 10 years of my life with this fandom, nine years. I mean, just it's benefited me as a person in more ways. It's made me more understanding. It's made me smarter. It's made me think harder. It's made me a better writer. It's given me self-confidence. The people I've met, the real life friends I will have the rest of my life. And just, I don't know, like I could write a novel, 10 out of 10. Yeah, I think I think I'm with uh, Montaco underscore here. I think uh, the story itself, seven or eight. I think uh, it had some very. It, it's got it's it's got the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, but its highs are very high. So it's a good good seven or eight out of ten. And uh, oh, seven, eight or nine actually. I'm going to say out nine out of ten for the story, and then just but just in general, a ten out of ten. I think. I've met so many new people and I've had such a great time because of it. Uh, I don't think, I think that's what it's going to be remembered as. It's going to be the community that was made around it. It's not some communities like Undertale or something like that, which are fucking awful. <laughs> it's quite a, quite a good community. And I think like it might stay together. It actually might stay together for another like six months after it ends. So, which is more than most communities can say. When I look at other communities, SNK has been a great one compared to Voltron or Steven Universe or Star Wars. Or, um, And I think all I want to say as we end the quickfire is that I hope everyone who's disappointed, I just hope this was still worth it for them. Like I hope there's nobody out there who literally feels like they've wasted their time. I hope they also are like we are and no matter what happened, no matter how this ended, this series was going to be a huge win for me as a human being, just because of the experiences I had. And I really hope that's true for everybody. Yeah, guys, let's be honest. It's just a manga. It's not the be or end all of your life. You, you've met so many new people and done so many new things because of this manga. And so uh, calm down and in, and remember the good times. It sounds cringe, but I, some, of the, some of the fucking funniest shit that's ever happened it was on Attack on Titan and stuff. So I don't know. It's the end of an era. We'll have to find some new manga to latch on to, like Legends of the Galactic Heroes or something like that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
you know it was gonna come. You know it was gonna come. You're gonna watch that. <laughs> but yeah, no, no. In general, though, guys, just uh, no matter what you thought of, I'm not gonna say what I thought of the chapter. I think it's quite obvious. But no matter what you thought of 139, just get on with your lives and uh, have a good one. That's it. All right. So we are two hours into the second half and we still haven't done half of what we hope to do. So underscore, can you quickly read the straw poll winners? And what we'll do is we'll post the full answers on our website uh, in the next day or so, so that anybody who mm. wants to see the straw poll answers, we can do that. I have the poll results all ready. And the first poll is Aaron Armin and Aaron wins with 4%. Surprisingly, he is 52% of the votes. It's very close. Next one is Picasso or Hanji, and Hanji wins with 83%. Next one is Levi or Irvin, and Irvin wins with 51%. 51. Hmm. Yeah. Close one, yes. Jean or Flock, and Jean Woo. wins with 70% of the votes. Where are my Flock shouts when we need them? Um, <laughs> They don't, they don't invite them to this server, that's why it's so... Uh... <laughs> it's open <laughs> no, for everyone, Polk. <laughs> yeah, right, okay, okay. Sasha or Connie and Sasha won with 76%. You all uh, disappoint me. Moblit or uh, Mickey and Moblit wins with 53%. Dina or Carla and Carla wins with 85%. Mr. Bros or Mr. Leonhardt, Mr. Bros wins with 72%. Annie or Bertolt. Annie and Bertolt are tied. And, um, so an answer there. See, they would have been perfect for each other. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how, how ironic. Um, <laughs> Pixis or Nile and Pixis wins with 59%. Reiner or Seek and it's a tie as no! well. No! Fuck! <laughs> it's funny because he had the same the anger. Same person, really. <laughs> Um, Seethe my children. Peak or Porco and Peak wins with seventy one percent. I hate weebs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, holy shit. Gabby or Falco and Gabby Gang wins with fifty seven percent. Gabby Gang, Gabby Gang, Gabby yeah, Gang. Gabby Gang. Okay, Xavier or Kruger and Kruger wins with sixty four percent. What the fuck, pick Xavier? <laughs> Sorry, Juliana. Jelena or Jankapon on Jankapon wins with 62%. Yuri or Willy, Willy wins with 56 Kenny or Grisha, Grisha wins with 53 Charles or Magaf, Charles wins with 59 Nanaba or Gelgar, Nanaba wins with 86%. Wow, wow that's a huge jump. Okay. People Marlo probably Hitch. don't even remember Gelgar, that's why. <laughs> Marlo Hitch, Hitch wins with 75%, proving her to be, continue best to girl. be best girl. Samuel or Das, Das wins with 52%. Hannes or Marco, Hannes wins with 58%. Historia or Ymir, Historia wins with 75%. Farmer Kun or Freckles Ymir, Freckles Ymir wins with 84%. Wow. Colt or Niccolo? Colt wins with 52%. Ha! Ha! I feel bad for y'all. I really do. Rod 
Rice or Frida? Frida wins with 100% of the votes. <laughs> Do people even remember who Rod Rice was? Like, <laughs> I'm sure. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah, but I, I'm not sure if it got on, got on record, but if you didn't pick Cole, you're obviously the younger child or an only child, so, you know. Uh, <laughs> how was the ending? 41% picked ugly, 33% picked good, and 25% picked bad. Which character best fits the description of Erwin's successor? No one picked Aaron. 45% picked Hanji. 29% Armin. 25% Flock. Best arc, it's gonna be Marley, Uprising, Clash, RTS, War for Parodies, Trust, and no votes for female or rumbling. Wait, and what was the best arc- one? What was the best one? For- uh, Marley. Marley, okay. And of those arcs, which was your favorite in terms of being in the fanbase? Marley, Iron, and War for Paradise. That's stupid. That's not true. <laughs> that's that's that, that's a retroactive bullshit. That's the fake fucking Marley news. arc was the Marley arc was the most sense. toxic shit I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Liberia or Shinganshina? Liberia wins with uh, three votes. Best Aaron. It's gonna be Hobo. Then RTS, then Freedom Child, then Edgy Shithead, Sigma Male Edgy, Orange Yogurt, and Blitz for Ignorance, and nobody picked Final Chapter Aaron. Orange Yogurt won, guys. That's what we won, right? Paths, Goats, or Hallucinations? Paths, Goats, because 90% of the votes. <laughs> Most important, uh, it's Pixis Alcohol Consumption, 2.220 pm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 59% of the votes. Then Mikasa Strange, Aaron's Abs, Armin's Intellect, and that's the end of the... Actually, no, we have a secret bonus poll here, which is which is the best one, 126 or 139? 126 wins with 66.67%. <laughs> oh. uh. And Renan is, like, having a heart attack right now. He's, like... What even was 129 again? 126 versus 139. Ha ha 126 was ha 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 ha. Or the series ending, which was worse? 139 was better than 126. You can fuck yourself. (laughs) Okay, um, that concludes the quick fire round. And nothing more to say. No, 126. If, If... I know it might be a big meme, but if you put one twenty six above one thirty nine, you are fucking deluded. I, well, I think I think in time people will feel that way, but there's a love, there's a visceral reaction right now. <laughs> That's the best way to do it. I'm All telling right, you. so let let me. I have to close the podcast, and then we can keep going. So, thank you guys for managing this for us. It's been a great help. If we're doing a second life thing, we will ask maybe ask you back. <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to say um, thank you, Polka, for the quick fires for two and a half years Mm. now and underscore for helping Puppet again. Thank you guys all for helping us with this live event. Everyone who has listened, I cannot believe anybody listened. Thank you. Puppet's top because he actually managed to figure out all the technical stuff for the the last quick fire round, which got all the uh, audience interactions. You guys are all rock stars. So yes, thank you, underscore. You're welcome. It was fun. It's the last time. We have to do something, right? I appreciate it. So I also want to thank our Patreons. And this list has gotten rather long. Kenny H., Taryn, Simon Cox, A&M, Silerana, Demonic Jesus, Ruby Gus, Zero Vitz, Linduin, Dom Garcia, Vital, Dominic G. And uh, Vital and Dominic G, I think, are brand new. So thank you, guys. Uh, I also want to thank... 
Uh, Aaron Yeager did nothing wrong. Thank you, Swedish chef. I love Zeke Yeager. Thank you, Andrew. Flock Forrester is the best character in the manga, which was Polka's Patreon. Erwin BDE Smith. Thank you, Fire Lord Sika, for saving me from this train of constant misery. And um, oh, BDE means big dick energy. It does. It does. So. Thank no. you, Polka, for explaining that. Okay. If I had to give a winner to the best name, it would be underscore who signed up as Aaron will win in chapter 140. <laughs> so Yay. we'll be back for that 140 podcast and uh, we'll invite Kiko and some of the others. And uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I can't wait to have Kiko and Dutron for the 140 podcast. Yes, I cannot wait to have guys. them on the 140 podcast. We look forward to all of you joining us then. Um, we're also going to announce uh, that we're going to suspend the Patreon billing for May while we figure out what to do. Mm. I don't think Vital or Dominic G are ever going to get charged. <laughs> <laughs> and future plans, Luna, what we got? Yeah. So aside from like possibly another stream with our guests, we'll, we're also just planning like a, a live stream, just talking about the manga. Um, we'll be hosting it on YouTube, I guess. And it will just be uh, Montaco and I talking, and you guys can join in the chat. No voice for anyone. Just chat. They don't trust us. <laughs> uh, we also will be guesting on Titan Tea Time. We'll be recording at the end of this month. I'm guessing it will be out beginning of May, uh, our joint podcast. So that should be fun where we're, we'll do kind of like a retrospective on the series and talking about doing the podcast and how that will go. We're also still planning on covering Attack on Titan, the final season part two, come winter, whenever that may be. But that's still a long way away from now. And then, what are we going to do next as a monthly podcast? Well, Montaku? basically, they're going to be doing a Legend of the Galactic <laughs> Heroes reaction. Space, 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 space. Uh, so, you know. Yeah, that's... So that's yeah. Do you guys know what Legend of the Galactic Heroes, right? It's, it's a great Everyone show. in the server wants watch. us to do a reaction to Legend of the Galactic Heroes, so I feel like we have to at least do the, the movies, I guess. It appeals to everything. It's got all the politics, the action, the well, weirdly homosexual maybe relationships. Maybe it's also good for us to know. do something very different from Attack on Titan instead of like more of the same. Oh, it's not the same. I, it's, I feel it's like better. it's more of the same, but... It's not more of the same. Yeah. It's better. All right. Anyway... It's, it's on our list, but we don't know yet exactly where we're going to go with May. Hence why also the Patreon billing for May is suspending it. We will figure it out, though, uh, and we'll let you know. So, yeah, that's kind of where we stand there, unless Momtaku has come up with something else that I, uh, I <laughs> have forgotten. Not. Okay, And I did forget one thank you. Luna, when you hit me up, or when I hit you up, we can argue the history in June of 2018 and said podcast. Sure, let's do it. <laughs> I had no idea it would turn into this. I just want to thank you for being my partner and my friend and putting up with me for how many? We've done 30, 31 episodes 30, now? or Three? I don't know. A yeah. lot. <laughs> so thank you. I love you. And I appreciate it. Thank you for editing most of these podcasts throughout these years and also editing mit this mess. I I don't envy you. <laughs> Is and that your cat in the background that keeps trying to get on the podcast? Yeah, he wants to go outside. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, let me out. 
yeah. Um, also a reason why I have to go. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, it's been great doing this with you for two and a half years, so maybe almost three. And yeah, I, I hope we'll figure this out, how to keep going, how to keep moving forward with this podcast. <laughs> anyway, thank you all for listening in. I hope you had a great time. I certainly did not expect this many people to join our podcast server, let alone listen in for four hours. So thank you so much. Alas, fellow listeners, into the night we go. And thank you all for devoting your hearts and your ears. And hopefully until next month with a new catchphrase. Bye. 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 Focus like now. Oh, oh, no, we're watching Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Bye. Try to protect you from this I know better now Some things I just can't help but miss You wrap the scarf around My sorrows and you promised We'd fight until we're down Some fights you just can't
song that we had leading into this was Scarf by Tori Morgan. And it was inspired by Chapter 138, produced by Rare Bear, and we'll be linking to it once we get this podcast on YouTube. So if you'd like to give it another listen, look for the link there. <laughs> 